I'm Osher Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to The Bachelor of Hearts, Bachelor Australia uh, podcast, in which we are electing to emotionally pursue all of you. Oh, that's nice. Very lovely. My name is... Hang on just a minute, because just, do, you, okay. do you hear that pitter-patter outside? What is it? I think it's just started sprinkling. Oh? I uh, hope you've brought your umbrella of ambiguity. <laughs> ah. uh, very good. Uh, my name is Max Quinn. That's Xavier Retsky-Noonan. Hello. Kelly is uh, away still. So, uh, we're welcoming in to this episode a very special guest, making her second appearance here on the podcast. She is a writer, podcaster, author of the book, I Got My Sister for Christmas... It is Wait, Brody Lancaster. Not... Fuller! <laughs> it's not the title of the book. <laughs> Max, how did you get an advanced copy of my new book? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool that your new book is a self-titled autobiography. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here to explore connections with everyone. <laughs> so wait, just to be clear, Brody, your new book is called I Got My Sister for Christmas? <laughs> Look, I guess it is now. <laughs> it's a thoughtful it's a sweet book about a baby brother who has a baby sister on Christmas Day. Sure. Santa, Santa drops her down the chimney in a sack. Oh no, is she okay? <laughs> I guess we'll find out! <laughs> Brody, how are you? How's your life? Um, look, it's pretty good. I've watched um, last Saturday, I decided to catch up on two weeks worth of Bachelor in Paradise Australia oh. episodes. Oh, no. And yeah. I began watching at 11 a.m. and at nighttime, I finished watching and went to bed. <laughs> um, it was approximately nine hours of um, Davey and um, Mac and all of our friends. Um, I don't know why those two are the first that come to mind. Um, and the rest. And the really rest. the two standout characters. Yeah. <laughs> but then this week I watched like an additional six hours or however long it was. And now I believe in love. Did you do it all in one hit? Uh, no, I watched it um, night by night on cha- on the um, shout out 10 play uh, Apple TV app um, mm-hmm. because I found out that my TV had no longer could no longer pick up Channel Ten, so I couldn't <laughs> watch it live even if I wanted to. Um, I binged it all in six hours last night. Whoa. Finished at two a.m. and let me tell you, no regrets. Oh my God, Max, that's an endurance feat. It is. Thank you. Uh, I will be attempting to marathon. Uh, the next season as well. I think by the time that the next season of, of Paradise comes out, I'm going to try and binge it all in one hit and then we'll do one giant episode <laughs> at the end, Xavier. How does one, that like, sound? One, like, 40-hour-long podcast? Oh, yes. I would love that, actually. We could live stream <laughs> it, I guess. 
Guys, I'm on board for all of this. You could do that yeah. thing. Do you know that comedian Gil Ozeri? Yes. yes. He did this thing where he watched every single episode of Entourage and like <laughs> Funny or Die put him up in a house to do it and like put cameras all around and the whole weekend like famous comedians were like dropping in to just like bring him snacks, watch Entourage with him. Entourage is the great show to do that with as well because there are um, so many twists and turns but none of them are good. Yeah, none of them end up mattering. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, in past weeks here on the podcast, we have done this in a style that's sort of been like, we'll do some headlines, we'll do some hellos and some goodbyes. But this week, in paradise, everyone said goodbye. Everything's a headline. Everything is a headline. So- Everything matters. <laughs> so, we're starting, obviously, with Zoe and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to break down uh, and dive in, give it to you couple by couple, uh, we're sinking our teeth into all of the pairs exiting Paradise this week, including Jules and Alicia and Mac and Zoe. I've taken to calling them Moe. <laughs> Not Zach. Not Zach. <laughs> guys, uh, spe- like- <laughs> speaking of Mac, I have a bone to pick with you guys. And it's that in last week's episode, when you were making Mac gags, no <laughs> one sang Return of the Mac. Oh, that's um, great. That is really, really yeah, good. Yeah, that's fucked. So, yeah, I didn't even get to mac and cheese, um, <laughs> which is also <laughs> you a know, deep personal regret. You know that really good tweet that's like, I know what it feels like to be a ghost when I'm listening to a podcast and the hosts don't know something that I know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I felt like a ghost listening to that episode being like, guys, return of the Mac. <laughs> well, you've given us uh, a great segue, Brody. Ghosting is precisely what has happened uh, with this, the most controversial couple, I think, to come out of a heap of controversial couples in paradise this year. That being Bill and Alex. Boo. boo. <laughs> oh my god, it's so scary. We're talking about ghosting, we're talking about boo. <laughs> we're talking about Bill. It's all very scary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Didn't realize it was a Halloween episode. <laughs> so the thing with Bill and Alex is that it all kind of uh, comes out towards the end of the, the episodes that we watched this week. There's not a lot that happens in the first sort of two episodes in Paradise that really gives me any pause as regard to the the Bill and Alex narrative outside of the entrance of Alora. Basically what happens is that Alora comes in and she takes Alex Nation on a date and Bill says that if Alex Nation and Alora kiss on their date, it's tantamount to cheating and he do- doesn't tolerate cheating and would leave paradise. And we know that he doesn't tolerate cheating b- based on his actions, right? Yeah. He hates um, it. He doesn't seem to like it at all. Um, Did anybody... uh, Can someone just remind me, did did Bill kiss anybody else on Mm. Paradise this year? I don't think so. Didn't he try to trap Flo in a boat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did try to flow, flow, flow her boat. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That does remind me. I was forgetting about Flo. He definitely did make out. I was also just wondering if anybody had seen that second standard that I've left lying around, because I swear that I had doubles. Um, Anyway, after the date finishes, Bill and Alex sit on a batchy couch and talk about how exciting their relationship is, and they go to a commitment ceremony together, and then it's friends and family time. 
Oh mm. boy. I want I want to shout out to Alex's mum who sees Bill for what he is very, very, very quickly. Um, there's this amazing scene where Bill's brother, who is Alex's, who interviews Alex as part of this, is like, yeah, Bill's never dated anyone with a child. And Bill to Alex's mum is like, yeah, I've dated kids all the time. Oh my <laughs> God. Dated kids. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Not getting in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> Bill says that he has dated women with kids. Alex's mum has her res- reservations and Alex says she's petrified to be vulnerable again. <sighs> but in confessional, she conf- confides that she is madly in love with Bill, which is enough to make me want to vom. It's so depressing. Yeah. How, how has he gotten away with this so far? I think he's one of those guys who, and this is, Like, no offense, but this is as the standard most men need to meet to be, like, convincingly charming, is that Mm. he holds eye contact and smiles a lot. Yeah. And he gets away with so much because of those two things. That's really interesting. Like, the thing about him that I've always noticed is how many of his teeth you can see as well when he smiles. And I think that that is, like, it gives off this aura of, of... genuineness right like he's smiling so broadly he must be warm and telling the truth and i think you're absolutely right in that he's getting away with a lot of stuff with a great big smile on his face he has got that sort of like car salesperson energy to me yeah mm-hmm. i mean like used car set like he's like just really too over eager to present himself as like a friendly uh down-to-earth like regular dude yeah i don't know if it's like a, co- a politician on the campaign trail or like w- what exactly it is but he's just got this like Slightly too muchness to him. Yeah. Mm, so I'd... we cut to their commitment ceremony. I just want to take a quick quick minute for Alex's dress at the commitment ceremony. Oh, Thank yeah. you. It is amazing. It is like this vault yellow colored wraparound. Yeah, she fucking crushes it. She it's looks a great incredible. dress. She looked incredible. Like when I saw it, I was like, it's not fluoro, but it's yeah. not like neon. It's just like the most intense bright yellow you've ever seen in your life. Mm. It's a hue of the sun. I think that, I'm not sure, but I think that's what clothes look like when you wash them and like, look after them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't ca- I don't care to test that theory. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's for TV people to do. Yeah. <laughs> so they're at their commitment ceremony. They're standing there holding hands. Bill goes to give his big romantic speech Buckling all the swashes, completing his <laughs> dastardly circle of gaslighting, except he really melts down. He's got like, he's got marbles in his mouth or something. <laughs> oh, he was so, he, do you think, okay, so this is like a comment on these commitment ceremonies broadly. Do you yeah. think they've all either written or been given scripts? Definitely. Yeah. That he sounded so red in this situation. Like, he says, I love you at the end, but it feels like he might as well have said, like, thank you, students and teachers, for listening to my presentation yeah. on why wearing a white suit doesn't make you a good person. In conclusion, I love you. <laughs> the Oxford English Dictionary defines romance. <laughs> Alex gives her speech to Bill. Uh, it's a little bit better, but as... Uh, we were just saying it's very it's all very red. She gives him a commitment ring. The strings swell. They say they are so happy. Uh, Alex says I can't wait to do normal stuff like walking his dog. And, and then it point, cuts I'm, so abruptly. It's so good. Like it's so clear that she's halfway through a confessional. It finishes on that upward inflection and 
it's like I just at that point I'm wondering uh, is anyone familiar with Stockholm syndrome mm. is there is that happening here <laughs> I mean yeah it's it's such an interesting I, I think there's also like there's a huge amount of focus put on Alex's past relationship with Richie yeah mm. um, I noticed this like running throughout every like Every time that she's talking about how good things are with Bill, it's in stark contrast to how things ended up with Richie. Yeah. Which, like, it is an integral part of her narrative, and it's how we know her. But it's also, like, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't really add that much to this romance, you know? What's she going to do? Give Bill a, <laughs> give Bill a chance? Like, it's just such a, it's such a weird uh, dichotomy when we're sitting here and we know that we know the dramatic irony that this person has been lying to her face for the entire season. Right, right. And, it feel- and Richie, if anything, seemed to maybe just be like bland and honest, but just kind of like a bit of a shit non-committal guy. Yeah, Whereas totally. like on the flip side, Bill seems to be like promising her the earth. And so that seems like a total opposite scenario. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt for Alex Nation as this was all happening and he's standing there in his white suit and, this is before it's revealed on the tell-all that things didn't work out between these two. It was just like, it was so abundantly obvious that this wasn't going to be a thing. Mm. Before we rush into that, yeah, just a brief moment for Alex pulling the ring out. I don't remember this. Did you see where it came from? Oh, yes! No? <laughs> so they're, at, they're in the middle of this like perfectly framed and lit and shot sequence. They're like surrounded by set dressing. It's like this perfect, beautiful bachelor romance moment they're standing together on the rug and then out from this incredible eye-catching yellow dress she like reaches definitely between her legs like (laughs) between her what like it's legs oh (laughs) it's pretty crass but it's like there's there's not a lot of places where it could have been no (laughs) she had a very high slit on that dress if i remember that's correct yeah it's right up to the the top of the thigh wow yeah, so, so she, like, unsticky tapes it from whichever thigh it was sticky taped to. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. And then offers him the ring. Like, I, like there's Bond no girl. way to make that feel natural, but, like, you didn't really need to show it. Like, <laughs> people do work in the editing department of this TV show. Yeah, and they are funny. <laughs> That's true. They probably relish this moment. Yeah. <laughs> Well, also the fact that they kept in all of Bill's fumbling. Like, yeah, he probably yeah. was like, uh, I actually really do. Go- oh, guys, can we just go again? And we they'll just, be like, yeah, I we'll cut that out. And then they're right. Like, being like, keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> so at the tell-all, it is revealed that Bill and Alex did not work out. Alex shows up by herself uh, and said that three weeks after filming ended, Bill called it off and said he wasn't actually in love with her. Mm. I want to talk about Bill's decision not to show up at the finale because I think it is weak source. <laughs> yeah, to, I, I agree. To quote, guys, was... to quote guys on Bachelor in Paradise, it's a dog act. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, he's never struck me as a particularly courageous person. <laughs> um, he's not really willing to stand up for his actions. This is the thing. Like, he comes across in like his ab- in absentia as this scared little boy who has expressed uh, his like distaste with the editing for this season. Yeah. But he's someone who is not then willing to show up and take accountability for his actions. Even fucking Ivan and Patty show up, you yeah. know, and yeah. they talk about it and they apologize. 
Bill just decides that he doesn't want to give anyone the time of day. And that's, I don't know. There was this scene where uh, Osh is asking about if uh, Alex and Bill's demise had anything to do with a new person coming into Bill's life. And Alex is so gracious. She's like, look, I want Bill to be able to speak for himself. I just think Bill's spoken enough this season, right? Yeah. Mm. It would have been so easy for her to hang shit on him and just be like, well, look, we all know about the dog part. Like, you know, yeah. that meme yeah. is already happening. But I think it, you're right. It was very respectful of her to just be like, look, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't care. It's the kind of respect that I don't think that he necessarily deserves from mm. this show. I also want to touch on one thing. So the ratings for this season have been down. And we were talking last week, Xavier, about how Bill was like saying that's the fault of the editors and that the show's rating so poorly because of like the way that they'd portrayed him in a negative light. Why mm. such hubris. Yeah. Secondly, like if you look at the ratings for this show, they're not that bad. Yeah, it's all right. Like uh, to give you a point of comparison, I made a TV show last year. Okay. It did not rate nearly as well as this. I would have been thrilled sure. if my TV show did as well as this TV show. Yeah. Uh, this is still a major franchise, and I think that whatever is being made in the media of 100,000 viewers across the capital cities, yes, like that's a significant loss, but here we are. Brody says she's watched it via Apple TV. Yeah. I live streamed the whole thing. Mm. We're consuming media in a different way now, and I just think like... The show still did well comparably and, you know, it's one of those things where, like, we're consuming media differently. To be fair, though, mm. on your show, which admittedly was very good and I enjoyed the parts that I was in. Where yes. is this going? <laughs> there was not very much of Bill. I think you edited him completely. He was not shown in a very good light at all. Also, it's so funny that Bill would like to have, like, he thinks that if he were on screen more more people would watch and he would somehow <laughs> come out better at the other end of that. Yeah, exactly. Which couldn't be further from the truth. And also, like, he doesn't show up for this last one. Yeah. Giving them even less to work with. So weird. So has he been, has Bill been, like, mouthing off in the media this week or is it just on his socials that he's been saying that? A bit of both. I mean, yeah. the, the lines get blurred because the, a lot of the media is just reposting what these people are posting on social sure. anyway. Sure, yeah. Um, but he'll he's taking basically any opportunity he gets. Like, this is the line that, you know, the party line that he is sort of towing. Gotcha. Which is, you know, it's it's the season is bad and I look bad, but it's not my fault. And also it's doing badly. So who cares anyway? Yeah. I'm trying to find his Instagram right now. Cause I don't follow him. And because I don't know anything about him, I just typed in bill. <laughs> that's literally like Billy Eilish, bill Shorten, billboard. Like it's just, <laughs> I'm just like, um, I have no idea who he is. Bill bird. No, that's not you. I am. Um, I'm going to do us all a public service by not giving out his Instagram handle on the podcast. Yeah. Good idea. Um, I will say though that on his gram, uh, he has deleted every negative comment and the pictures that he has posted of himself and Alex, are, or at least the most recent one, is comments turned off. Mm. And Alex is like, you know how everyone does the kind of like post season, like it was so great getting to know this person and posting all the po like really yeah. posy photos of them together. Alex's is like her alone and then her face looking at Bill, but with his back to the camera and not tagged. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that kind of ties a bow around one of the most dastardly men mm. that we have met in Paradise or on this Bachelor franchise, full stop. Now, I think... Uh, here's a here's a bit of a conspiracy corner. Yep. Or I don't know if it's a conspiracy or if it's just an observation. I think it, it would not su- surprise either of you to hear that Alex was given a pretty glowing edit this time around, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Like, she has been playing ball with the producers. She's been doing basically whatever they want. She is very eager to be a part of the proceedings. She, I, there's, I was thinking back, and there's just a lot of moments where she like runs into frame and wants to be part of, like when a new yeah. person arrives, she's kind of one of the first people there. She's had all this drama. She did well by them coming on the Paradise and talking about the Richie stuff. And like, um, you know, I think they see her as a huge asset with the like uh, her sexuality and her openness about it and that kind of thing. Do we think... I don't think we'll see Bill again. No. I think they've wrung all of the, like, juice they can out of him at this the point. The poo juice. Sure. <laughs> the bin juice? Maybe it's a little more savory? I don't know. <laughs> Do we think Alex is coming back, and if so, is it Paradise, or could she even be a Bachelorette? I was thinking both of these things. Like, yeah. the first thing I thought was Bachelorette, and then she... But her whole thing... Like, Alex as the Bachelorette would be incredible, because could we have a mixed-gender pool of people for her to choose from that would be nice like would that would be actually incredible because i've realized since these last two seasons of paradise i so much prefer this formula than the one woman a million men or vice versa like -hmm. it's so much more interesting with more people but um like didn't she say at the end like i'm done dating on tv or something like that (laughs) <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. I, I say at the end of every year, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> you know, the check comes in and, uh, you know, the, the ch- ad money. The and... check comes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get those new Instagram followers. And suddenly uh, that's a good mind. gag, Xavier. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of people from the couple called Alex and Richie who received a glowing edit. Let's talk about Richie. Oh, sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go through everything that's happened with Richie and Cass because it ended on a weird note. Wait, then... first, can I give you guys my Richie impression? Yes. Yes, please. I'm just so glad. The only reason I'm glad he came back on Paradise is that I could, um, I had some relevance for my Richie impression again. Which is, <laughs> this is what it is. Ha 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 ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how Richie laughs like he's just saying the words. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can we put in the episode description featuring special guest uh, Brody Lancaster and Richie? <laughs> I mean, he's here in the room. Richie, come on out. <laughs> cool bananas. Uh, anyway. <laughs> he's back. He's, it's like he's right here in the room with us. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, so basically what happens with Richie and Cass is uh, the, the long distance comes between them and Richie's history of the Bachelor, being the Bachelor, really, really gets in the road. Cass says uh, on the cabana that she's wondering what will happen between herself and Rich on the outside. And Richie says, I've always wanted to own a goat. <laughs> Does he say that? Yes. I can't remember that. He talks about how he's always wanted oh, to own a goat. that's right. Yeah. That just comes up. Yep. Mm. <sighs> In voiceover, Richie then says he doesn't want to hurt Cass because they live so far apart. And then he's pretty much like, okay, no thanks. He even says it's cliche, but it's not you, but it's not me, but it's not you and it's not me. Mm. 
Oh, he's just a wordsmith, isn't he? The cliche. The classic cliche of, but it's not you, but it's not me, but it's not you, but it's not me. I really feel, I really am glad that Cass got like a redeeming edit this season. It's great, And yeah. that she came out of this end being like, obviously so hurt, but also like a, a, more of a human being than they let her be last year. But also, which also makes you just even more furious at Richie for doing this again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richie's sort of like torn up. Uh, about it but it's also kind of like you can really see that Cass has become a bit of a civilian casualty in Richie's paradise image rehabilitation process yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's pretty brutal to watch honestly yeah um, well he couldn't have picked anyone better like Cass yeah. has a real like this is this is maybe like um, infantilizing or something but she has a real innocence to her which mm-hmm. is um, something that I think led to this narrative of like we haven't kissed yet and like you know how paradise is in general pretty prudish and like you know it's they they kind of infer that everyone's sleeping together and i woke up next to you this morning but there's still that thing of like have you kissed well you haven't even kissed um and Cass is really came out of that as seeming like a girl with a crush but um yeah, so Richie kind of couldn't have done this to a worse um, person for, as far as his image is concerned. Yeah, I agree. I still think, though, that he was pretty, like, overall, he was successful enough in becoming not the worst guy on the ba- in the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was lucky in that he was surrounded by some really shitty people. Yeah. That he settled into a pretty comfortable mid-tier, like... He kind of disappeared for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think that his thing is like, go on the show, find someone nice, be with them, but don't do anything, and then watch other people make much worse mistakes. And, hey, Changeo, presto. Yeah. He's a better guy in all of our memories now. It's like, it's worked. I think Richie, I like him more than I did five weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. It is interesting. It's interesting to me, though, because like, he seemed pretty content to kind of just go back to being a rope access technician. And like, he's not an incredibly public figure in the way that some of the other people who were on the show, Mm. uh, you know, he hasn't rebranded himself as an Instagram celebrity. He, he isn't really selling anything. And that, that partly would be due to like a lack of popularity or whatever. Mm. Um, but like, it doesn't seem like something he's incredibly actively pursuing. Mm. From at least from what I can tell, and he's not popular enough to sell products like, say, a Jared Woodgate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> everybody's favorite, right? Everyone's favorite pasta sauce spokesman. <laughs> <laughs> How are Jared and Kira Paradise's most successful couple? Yeah, yeah. are they still together? They're they still are. together. No! I think they broke up for a few months, but they're still together. I heard about the breakup, but oh my God. Nah, they're back together. It's yeah. still going. Wow. They're counting that as a win. Yeah. Yeah. Richie I has was... not posted a single thing about Paradise on his Instagram. Oof. It's like... That's fine. like how Honey Badger didn't post anything about his whole season for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is posting... Okay, I'm annoyed because Richie does look really hot, but he's <laughs> like a picture of him in front of like a huge tire on i assume like an oil rig and then like camping and then he went to a i mean shirtless in a wetsuit that's a good photo but like 
he went to a rap show with a friend and <laughs> took really bad photos of himself in a backwards baseball cap. Great. I think, oh, no, I think I'm starting to love Richie. <laughs> yeah, this is the problem because yeah. he's like, firstly, a weirdy like that on the internet. And also, he's just nowhere near as bad as the others. Yeah. There is that element of, like, even though we've seen so much of him in terms of, like, screen time, he is a bit of a blank canvas. Yeah. That we can sort of project out what we are looking for onto him. Our heart, 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 heart onto. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I just quickly, if yeah. we're talking about Kira, just very briefly talk about <laughs> something I heard on her podcast. Okay. Which, fucking, she has a podcast she hasn't invited us onto. Rude. It's a bit rude. Rude. Um, she was talking about, um, it's a general sort of pop culture discussion podcast, and she was talking briefly about Bachelor in Paradise. Mm-hmm. Rude. We're obviously experts. But anyway, <sighs> she was having a go at Alicia for stealing her storyline <laughs> um, because apparently her like hot and coldness with Jules was similar to the trouble that she was having whilst her and uh, uh, Jar- Jared. Jared were fighting. Oh, my God. Like, that's not. That's just human dynamics. <laughs> that's just more than one shitty dude. Yeah, <laughs> she she introduced the fact that like um, they brought in Canadian Daniel uh, to mess with both of them <laughs> in a way, or like both of them went on oh, dates. Oh yeah, whilst in the middle of, and it's like that's not her. Fault. Like nope. they introduced that person for that reason, yeah. right? Anyway, Cass decides that that's it for her time in paradise because Richie's gone and, well, we don't see them in the tell-all either. Mm. What do you think? So, I think that Bill not showing up to the tell-all, fine. Mm. Uh, Wait, not fine. Yeah. Decidedly not not fine. The other way around, Richie and Cass, I'm a bit more whatever about. Mm. Cass did make a post on social media about her new partner. um, Oh, yeah. I loved that. Yeah. They seem to be doing pretty well. I mean, it's obviously fresh-ish because this was only shot like three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but they seem to be doing pretty well. They, there's, uh, I actually read about it on Daily Mail, which is a great way to guarantee that the take you get on it is like, look at her butt in these photos. I mean, I was going to say she posted a I'm in a relationship now photo, which was her butt to the camera and her beefy new boyfriend grabbing her butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably two or three more that are in similar poses. Uh, that's so funny. But there's not a lot of her face involved in this <laughs> announce. Cass makes me want to like talk like a bachelor contestant because I'm just like I look at photos of her and I just want to s- describe her body as a rig. <laughs> I'm happy for Cass. Yeah, yeah, Cass has got a rig. Richie works out on the rig. That's sure. it for both of them. Yeah, they've both got their happy endings. <laughs> uh, will we see Cass again? Uh, I was so reluctant to even believe that she would appear on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. And I feel like they have kind of just done the exact same thing with her. Yeah. Of, you know, po- putting her in with one person. and You're then... in love with The Bachelor. Right. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Maybe she'll be a contestant mm. on another season. But, like, for the time being, I'm willing to believe that's kind of it. I hope not. I hope she stays with Tyson forever. Yeah. Me too. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's do it, everybody. Jules and Alicia. All right. Okay. This is... I think this is going to be the longest uh, section of this podcast. There's so much to discuss quite a bit that comes comes out of this relationship that is so up and down. Mm. Um, Alicia stealing uh, Kira's storyline was (laughs) 
Not something that I had written down. <laughs> really? I thought that was <laughs> where you were starting things off. <laughs> so things are relatively quiet between Jules and Alicia for a few episodes before things hit the accelerator at the end. They're given this date card, much to the chagrin of Mac, who... I just, we will get to... We will get to Mac. <laughs> I know everyone is hanging out for it. They escape to paradise in a Ford SUV to a big, beautiful beach with a high tea set up at low tide. It's revealed that Jules has never had a macaroon in his life. Uh, and then there's this thing where Jules says that he's so weird and Alicia understands him. Here's my question. Is Jules that weird or is he just not the kind of man that we're used to seeing as a romantic lead on TV? Jules is like... Okay, for listeners who don't know, I love AFL. And the AFL is such... It's like Bachelor in Paradise or Bachelor World, but with sports. Because it's like... It's like normie, it's alpha, like, in terms of the people involved. And, like, this week, like... It was, like, news and, like, a funny gag on social media because, like, one AFL player filmed another one who was wearing, like, the kind of outfit you'd imagine, like, Mac DeMarco wearing. Like, a long sleeve shirt tucked into kind of, like, chinos with a, like, little beanie on. And, like, in AFL world, that's, like, a fucking weird... What a weirdo! Oh, my God, what a freak! (laughs) And, like, another player, Darcy Moore, has kind of, like... He's growing out his hair, which he's bleached, and he wears a headband to keep it out of his hair during um, while he plays footy. And footy audiences are like, "Oh my god, I didn't know the women's league was still on!" And like, like Darcy Moore's like a real character just because he is like growing his hair. And like that's how I think of someone like Jules, where it's like he's not interesting. Like if you met him at a pub or a party, you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's a bit." of a drainer but like (laughs) in the context of bachelor world he's like such a loose unit like oh my god jules what a freak he's uh sort of like introduced as this x factor during ali's season and it plays out here that like he is distinct from the rest of the men in paradise because he doesn't look or behave like them, yeah. I guess. Um, but that doesn't preclude him from being a huge dingus with Alicia's heart. Yeah. I do feel like one of the more interesting things about Jules and Alicia as a couple, but also as individual people, mm. is that both of them seem so much more like, like more, more so than just about everyone else that we've seen in the few years that we've been watching this. They are so much like people that we know. Yes. Yeah. Like I have met so many oh. Juleses. I have met Alicia's like they are not they behave in ways that are so familiar to me yes mm-hmm. um and that are so so that means that the stuff that they do it feels like really loaded with realistic stakes and personality and uh believability and that's what makes it so yeah. captivating not yeah, to get I- not to get too real about it but i saw a lot of m- myself in alicia this these past few episodes where cuz i kept thinking with her i was like do you care specifically about Jules or are you just putting a lot of what you want from a partner Mm. into a person who is in front of you right now? Because Mm. sometimes I think like that where I'm like, oh, why isn't this guy doing this or saying this? And I'm just like, do I actually care about this specific person or is it just that I haven't met anyone else and so I'm just unloading all of that onto like 
what I, an idea of a person. Mm. And there's also, I guess, the element of like, even if Jules isn't like the ideal object of her affection or whatever, as it may turn out to be, there's still millions of people watching and there's a lot of like, you know, personal brand management. Well, not brand management. That makes it seem very sterile. But like, you know, getting what you're looking for out of a relationship trying to work that out in a very public way and mm. all that sort of stuff, yeah. And to your point, like, the idea of all of these people is good, right? The idea of Jules is good. The idea of Jules on the mm. TV is good. Mm. The idea of Alicia is good. The idea of them together is good. So to watch it go so poorly is sort of exactly what you're describing, why the stakes are so high. Mm. Jules says that he wants to move forward under... An umbrella of ambiguity. This infuriates Alicia and the nation. In confessional, Alicia says, it really hurts. And Jules is like, well, if we get more emotionally involved, then we cross that bridge when we come to it. The problem, of course, being that she is already emotionally involved. Yeah. And she she was expecting some kind of advancement in their relationship. Yeah, mm. some sort of reciprocal oh. relationship. Yeah. She thought that it was... Sunshine of uh, uh, clear thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, Max, just going back when you said that that upset the nation, is that your nickname for Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. If I was Alex Nation, I'd be pretty upset about this. Um, these paradise men are behaving in shit Alex Nation got like a Vanessa Sunshine treatment this year where it's like there was some intense branding of her full name. Yes. True. Um, helps having American Alex on the show as well. But also, like, I don't know American Alex's last name. No. And I love him. I, I do, because he's, like, the only one that I follow on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so the mistake that Jules is making here, basically, I think, is that, like, he has already let Alicia dangle in paradise while he wallowed over to Neil. Oh, God, and that was here, awful. he's really deliberately doing it again. Alicia's like, I don't understand you, Jules. And in confessional, she says that she wishes Jules liked her as much as she likes him. Yeah. I think, personally, the reason why this is all so icky is that less than a week ago, we were watching Jules beg Alicia for another chance to explore that. And now presented with that chance, he's coming off as incredibly half-hearted. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. challenging. Like, I want Jules to be good and sincere but he's really giving the show the opportunity to present him as a fuckboy in an indie dude's clothing because he can't decide whether or not he wants to be with the pretty girl on TV. Don't yeah. insult indie dudes like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to bring it back for a second, it's so funny to think about n not knowing anything about AFL, just knowing that the, that the people are getting uh, shit on the internet for like dressing up like Mac DeMarco when everyone who cares about it is in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Where Literally. everyone they looks live. like that. Literally. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. It's so upsetting because Jules, Jules reminds me of, okay, again, not to get too personal, but like a few years ago, my friend got mad at me or didn't get mad at me, but like had one of those, like when you're drunk at a party and she sat me down and was like, this guy doesn't deserve you kind of conversations mm -hmm. where she told me not to let a guy treat me like his weekday girlfriend. 
And she was like, if he doesn't want to be with you on weekends and like at nighttime and only wants to hang out with you during the day and like just come to you with his problems, that's not a good guy. And I was like, fuck, he's been making me his weekday girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And Alicia has been made Jules's weekday girlfriend where he's basically like, I want you around um, until there's a better offer or unless... Um, I changed my mind or whatever. I don't want to be alone, but I'm not sure I want to be with you, but I don't want to say that because it makes me seem like a bad guy. It's sort of like saying to your friend, you can move into my house up until such a time as I get a girlfriend and then you're gone. Um, so... Wait, is this personal experience? No, yeah, I watched an ep- real. No, 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 no. I watched an episode of The Office this week where Dwight says that to Michael. Oh, wait, other way around, Michael to Dwight. Anyway, uh, they decided to go to the commitment ceremony Hang on, together. I, I haven't seen that. Is that Ricky Gervais character? No, 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 no. It's uh, Steve Carell to Rain Wilson. No, he's not in it. You're thinking of um, no. Don't I'm trying do to this. do a bit where I'm not aware of the U.S. Don't office, but I can't me. remember anyone who's in the UK <laughs> office. Well, I'm going to delete this part. Wait, were you going to delete the part where we talk about comedy legend Ricky Gervais? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know, I found this out recently, he's actually not even religious. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah, he doesn't think it's real. He I should do He should do exhausting bits about that for 10 years. <laughs> there is a chance that he's having a laugh. It's <laughs> 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 a possibility. Um... Our side podcast is going to explore Ricky Gervais and Patty as side-by-side entities. (laughs) (laughs) No one deserves that. No one. Uh, So, Jules, Alicia, decide to go to the commitment ceremony together, but not before Jules cops out by saying that he and Alicia have a special friendship. There's, um, it's, it's really sad. He says, like, we're two great friends who kiss sometimes or something like that. yeah. And that's not to show itself because I think like you can be best friends with someone and be in a relationship with them. Yeah, like yeah. He's, it's it's like murky sort of territory in terms of his wording, um, but he's just unwilling to engage with this on a real level. I think the friends and family show up, and oh basically uh, Alicia's friend gives Jules a fifth degree, and she says that she doesn't trust him I like at that all. Alicia's friend Hannah arrives and Alicia is so excited to like run and meet her that they can't even frame the shot properly <laughs> and there's this huge fern <laughs> that is blocking what is clearly like they don't get a ch- second chance at this I yeah. loved the friends and family bit because there was a part where Jules and his friend who Alicia thought was hot all sat down <laughs> together and Jules said something to the effect of like How's this? When do you get a chance to just all hang out? Yeah. (laughs) It says, like, we're all making great memories together or something. It's like everyone in life does this. (laughs) (laughs) This is very normal. Yeah. Um... So Alicia reveals to Jules's best friend Jimmy Van that Jules is having his cake and eating it too. She says in confessional that she's not going to leave paradise in a friends with benefit arrangement that won't suit her. And I really like this confessional. There's this really human moment oh. where Alicia says that she's recognized herself to be someone who can put herself second in relationships and she wants to work on putting herself first. Mm. And I was just thinking like how often on reality TV, are we afforded the opportunity to see a protagonist prioritize self-care? And then also, like, how rarely 
does it have such a finite effect on the outcome of the show? Yeah. yeah. I it's loved, really cool. I loved Alicia so much in these last couple of episodes. And she, like, also, I also loved the, um, uh, just the fact that when she was talking to Jules's friend, she wasn't like, so what's he like? And, oh, how did you guys know each other? She was just like, here's what he said. Here's what he's fucking done. Yeah. yeah. And, and his friend was basically like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's you've met that's him. kind of shit, but yeah, that's how that's how, dude. I think it is quite funny that. Well, I was I was curious about because there is a there's a distinct relationship that Jules has with Jimmy, who is the friend who clearly knows him quite well. Uh, he is mm-hmm. also the lead singer of the band The Vans, who you might remember from Jules's butt. Oh, <laughs> butt Jimmy, butt right. Jimmy. But that's right. Yeah, Jimmy. yeah. But I just think it's quite interesting because like. What would you guys say to this? There's a possibility that um, Jules, having not had a lot of relationship experience, might be characterizing the way that relationships could work in his mind based on the way that his relationship with Jimmy Butt has gone. (laughs) In the sense that, like, they are friends and there is clearly benefits... Like he <laughs> he is he like the tour manager or something like that? Do yeah. We, do we hear that? And yeah. like he's got the butt tattoo, and now he's brought Vans onto the TV show. Yeah. Like it's clearly like a bit of a two way street here, but it's also like a mutual convenience type of situation. Like we're talking about the Vans, a band who I've heard of but haven't really pursued. Yeah. But now I'm like deeply invested in. <laughs> really other people seeking a connection. Yeah. Right. So it's like. What other blueprint is he working from It's here? transactionality. Right. I think he thinks that, I mean, <laughs> it's a flaky argument, but I think maybe he can, he can, he's thinking he can apply that same set of rules to how it's going to work with Alicia. 100%. So, Which is fucked. It's so fucked. Mm. I <laughs> think, chat, honestly, yeah. I, it almost seems like it, I'm realizing now as I'm thinking about their whole thing, I think Jules was maybe not, like, romantically attracted to Alicia, mm-hmm. but liked her very much as a person and, like, wanted her in his life and just couldn't understand how to do that um, yep. in a way, particularly in a way in that wasn't setting. saying, I'm not attracted to you. Um, yeah. Because they kind of, he inferred that a lot where he was like, but we'll still be friends. And she kept being like, I don't want to be your friend, dude. I don't need you as a friend. Yeah. Mm. Which I've, oh, loved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's this setting as well, um, which makes it very difficult for you to pursue a relationship that is not romantic or sexual in nature. Yeah. Because I think there's so much pressure, even though there's not a strict, like, clear outcome, mm-hmm. like, there's not a strict end finish line sort of goal. Um, it it isn't working towards like friends. It isn't working towards like uh, mutual respect, even necessarily. Mm. It's explicitly working towards like you know romantic sexual love and partnership. Having said that, can I just say one of the things I did love about this season was the friendship between um, Cass and Nathan. Yeah, yeah, that's even, true. Even though spoiler alert, he didn't turn out so great, but they seemed like. You know, there was something a very nice bond there. Mm. Um, there's a yeah, there's like a brothery sistery kind of friendship that yeah. happens and is still happening between them, at least on social media. Um, so I think for all of the reasons that you've just talked about, what we watch on the Batchy Couch between Jules and Alicia is really stark and really difficult. And at times, it kind of feels like 
these people are maybe not speaking different languages, but like Jules is answering questions that Alicia is not asking. Yeah. You know, like mm. tearfully she says, "I'm not your mate, Jules. I'm not asking to be your girlfriend or asking for the world." You said you were electing not to emotionally pursue me, but since then you have pursued me physically a whole heap. Mm. Yeah, it's so strong of her mm. to be saying this with such directness. He sort of tries to worm around it and says, can't we just stay here and enjoy each other's company? And she says, what message do you think you're giving me? And he says, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say whether Jules genuinely doesn't understand like what's being asked of him or whether by giving these lofty and pseudo-philosophical answers about why and how much of himself he can give in order to still be able to do kissing on the television show. Mm. Like it's, it's really difficult to say what's real here. And that is the complexity of Jules as a character and uh, as a romantic man, man on the outside Mm. as well. It seems. I think, I think a big thing with Jules is that he, was he seems everything he says seems like he's trying to come across sounding very sensitive and like mm. um like self-aware and like with it and like maybe woke is going too far but like he seems like he's trying to seem like a really nice thoughtful guy but it's so phoned in and phony that it's like it comes across as just so empty that and like he's saying a lot of words but actually there is nothing in it in any of it Mm. that's it and like jules's biggest fucking problem throughout this whole thing is word economy yeah like he says so much like but conveys as you say brody so little we talk Mm. about this shit at length on this podcast every week, but not even I have to consult my fucking robust thesaurus of ec- emotionally roundabout <laughs> jargon with the ardent and masturbatory frequency that Jules does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can say the same thing in less words and save us all a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, yeah. and it is, it's interesting to contrast that with Alicia, who has proven herself to be, like, one of the great narrators of this show's history, I would say, without being too... Uh, over the top. Yeah. Um, just in terms of like communicating uh, her, you know, having clear goals and needs and communicating them really well, being one of the, I mean, like you, you think of her as um, uh, she was a, a media advisor for a politician. Right? Yeah. So Where you would she? think. That's right. That's yeah. what she, I mean, she's been many things, I'm sure. Wait, um, I have to remind myself of something. Sorry to interrupt you. Is, was. In the um, Nick Badger season, was um, Alicia was part of the like mean girl group that hated Tennille? Is that right? I think so. Yeah, she yeah. was lumped in with that group. And Tennille was the one that Honey Badger said, um, "Tell me who was mean to you." That was her, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. I was just watching this season of Paradise, being like, "This Alicia Jules Tennille thing." There's something here that I am not 100 percent clear on. Yeah, that's precisely what it is. Yeah, um, which like you can understand that conflict, um, but I feel like when she, uh, when we first met her, and they were painting her in that slightly sort of villainous type of way or whatever, mm. um, I think like it was easy to think of her as like a not particularly genuine person or whatever, mm. um, you know, just based on mistrust for 
political people and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> but like she genuinely had like some of the most like realistic chemistry and uh you know I just keep saying things were real. Mm. Well, I also yeah, it's it's true though. And but like, like she's you know, she's the MVP. I think right? so. I this think season so too, like yeah. imagine this season without her. It's hard. I also want to just touch on the fact that Jules is giving these like sort of like guilt-free uh technical political kind of answers. <gasps> yeah. Uh, like, if there's one person who should be able to see through that, it is a fucking political staffer for the Labor government. <laughs> She's like the Lee Sales of Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Can I just say also, Lee, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday. Oh, yeah, you've, you've, I see you've both liked it on socials. Alicia's, like, kind of let's be nice to Jules post, but where yeah. she basically says, like, don't. You know, I'm burying the hatchet. I've instituted mm. a no contact rule for myself, but um, I remember what it was like to be targeted on social media, and so right. maybe don't do that to Jules. And then she signed it off by saying, "Back to normal programming of electing Labor governments, trying to get better at makeup and surrounding myself with the people that I love." Like, cool. <laughs> she's a fucking queen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Jules in this situation. <laughs> does not behave like a queen. He does not come off quite as well. <laughs> he goes on to combust even further, saying, I recognize how my actions could have hurt you in that sense. I was just trying to be friendly and nice. None of those things, I might remind you, are even remotely close to I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Alicia decides to leave, but Jules again pursues her through the, like... Uh, just like housing setup of cameras and confessionals. Yeah. He and walks all this in stuff. through the shot. All the crew has to like turn around 180 degrees to catch mm. him. Uh, he asks, are you happy to see me again? Just to be clear. And finally, triumphantly, Alicia says, no, I'm electing not to emotionally pursue you, Jules. And for the first time in a long time, Jules is quiet. Oh, thank God. At the tell-all, Alicia reveals that they have stayed in each other's lives. However, she confronts Jules over what she describes as small manipulations and the relationship of theirs that has continued outside of paradise. She says that she was in love with Jules and then says that Jules will stay in her life as a fun girlfriend. I So this is the question that I have coming out of all of this because I have seen Jules cop it extensively on social media. Yeah, ditto. Um, and certainly not to the extent, and credit to him for not deleting comments and doing the kind of shit that we've seen Bill, Bill doing. Do we think that it can exist separately that Jules can have done a bad thing but still be a good person? I don't think that Jules is a bad person. I just think that he was like emotionally ill-equipped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he happened he happened to be in that situation with someone who was like so emotionally mature that it just revealed all the ways that he like if he if he had been doing this with um, you know, the kind of not the kind of women, but like, you know, women on like you said, women on dating reality T V shows aren't often given the space or airtime or like respect that Alicia's earned this season yeah. and so like if Jules was doing this 
you know, on earlier seasons of these kinds of shows, we maybe wouldn't care as much. But I think yeah. it was just that combination of like, Alicia was so great and so clear. He was like, so not on her level, um, but isn't a bad guy, but was just like, not them the two together just like revealed all the ways that he was failing i think jules comes off as a guy who as you say didn't have much experience and tried quote unquote but didn't ultimately know how to handle his shit struggled to learn his lesson and hurt someone but i don't know if i'm really detecting a significant level of radiation with jules do you know what i mean like i think that as you say like he was just a dipshit in this situation, and that sucks for Alicia, but that also leaves room for growth and repair. Mm. I think, yeah, this is, I mean, a perfect example of someone learning or, you know, who was unfortunate enough to have to learn a lot of shit in a very public setting, and who, as time goes on and has, as he reflects on what happened here, and I'm sure as over the period of watching this back and stuff, I think we talked about that already, Mm. like it will frame things in such a way, even though the editing is not particularly favorable to anybody or, you know, it favors certain people over others. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's removed just for brevity and um, all these sorts of things that, that, you know, genuine concerns for the editing outside of just like, I don't like it because they showed the stuff that I did that was bad. (laughs) I think it is a good opportunity for him to look back and, and you know, he's a, not an old guy, you know, like he, there's yeah. time, there's plenty of time for him to uh, think about the, you know, what parts of himself that, that he could work on. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, it's unfortunate for him that this will kind of be how he's remembered. Mm. Um, I yeah. think I, I remember the way that I thought of him up until the beginning of paradise, which was just like, look at this goofy weirdo. He's got a funny mustache and a butt tattoo. Like he was, to use a funny phrase, the butt of a lot of jokes. <laughs> um, but, you know, now we have been given a much clearer snapshot of where he is at this part of his life. Um, and I think he will be able to reflect on that and, uh, yeah, grow and learn and change if he wants to. Yeah. With Jimmy Butt by your side, anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think the key to it is... Um, like, it comes down to recidivism, right? Like, as long as you're not repeating the same mistakes that you've made in the past mm. Mm. and you're showing a desire to grow emotionally and be someone who wants that and demands that of yourself, then we're okay with, like, I think, with Jules. Not yeah. okay necessarily with what happened, but I think that the growth arc is there for him. And if we're to see him again in this universe, which I'm not sure that we will, Mm. uh, I think that will be a significant part of whatever his edit ends up being. Yeah. I think, I think this is also one of those, sadly for Alicia, but also kind of, you know, hopefully she finds someone a bit more on her level in future, but it's Mm. that classic case of like, you meet a guy and you do all this work to make him better. And then he, like the next person he dates, gets reaps the rewards of all of that yeah Yeah. and i think i think when jules does meet someone and has a relationship he will be that relationship will be better off for all that alicia has done um that we've seen yeah alicia being being the the pretty clear breakout star i would say of this season Mm. would you think that uh you know she would be interested in pursuing a role as bachelorette or something like that 
I could see it. Uh, I don't know if she'd be interested, but I think that it would be uh, a pretty cool thing to to see on the TV. Mm. I'd like mm. someone who we know to have proven emotional awareness uh, in a leading role on the TV. It was cool to see Georgia Love like that. Right. Um, but I will say the key to it will be casting good men. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I was about to say. Like, I would love to watch Alicia some more, but I don't trust the show in providing her with a selection. Mm. Like, you know, Paradise is like the offcuts of Bachelor and Bachelorette seasons, and these men are disappointing as hell. Yeah. Do you remember the last time that they had two good men on one season and what happened? I remember a few good men. <laughs> uh, no, what are you what what are you thinking of? This is like a reverse Bechdel test. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Two good men the batch who talk to each other about something that wasn't the, the Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Um so Georgia Love season had Lee Elliott and it had Maddie J. That's three years ago now. Yeah. I would posit that there haven't been two really, really good like leading men on a season thereafter. And what we got out of it was a happy ending with Georgia Love and a good season because how is she going to choose between these two great guys? Mm. And then we also got a great Matty J season out of it. Yeah. Cast more nice men, please. Yeah. More nice boys, 2020. Mm. I hope the next Bachelor is a nice boy. He Me sees too. it because he has glasses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what totally a weirdo. Right. As the AFL would say, what a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, thank you to Jules and Alicia for all of the drama. Sorry about everything. See you both soon, maybe. I don't know. Avan, let's go. You're up, buddy. Oh, oh, now no. that that darkness is behind us, <laughs> on to Avan. <laughs> Avan begins this week in paradise by saying, Tennille breaking up with me is ridiculous. She's mine. She should be my girlfriend. Great stuff! <laughs> <laughs> Cool! Uh, Another perfect week for Ivan. (laughs) (laughs) The other boys talk about how you wouldn't really want to fight Ivan over footage of him boxing Richie. And Nathan says, Ivan is scary. Alicia spills the beans uh, to Ivan about Nathan and Tennille maybe getting together. And Ivan cries. He says that he feels betrayed because a mate would not do this to another mate. And he storms off calling Nathan a dead man. Eventually, because this is the TV show in captivity, they come together to talk about it. Nathan rightly points out that Ivan doesn't own Tennille. And Ivan says, how is this acceptable? How is it acceptable for you to pursue Tennille? <sighs> in confessional, Nathan says he's treading carefully and even admits to Ivan that he is scared of him. Is this when a producer has to come over and like break up the horrific like physical threat of physical violence that's happening at this point exactly Avan snaps and he says i can't believe you would do that after seven days of what is going on with me and her we had a full day yesterday of couple stuff that was yesterday chief (laughs) i love hearing you say this it's really fun uh nathan says in here you're meant to explore and you're meaning Avan, meant to be understanding There's this huge false equivalency because Ivan says, apparently the reason why Tennille broke up with me is because of Nathan, which 
is to once again deny Tennille's agency altogether. Right. Yeah. Tennille broke up with you because you were bad. Yeah, because mm. Tennille wanted thing. to. So it does get to this point where the producer intervenes and says, it is a dating show. Doesn't that mean they have the right to explore? And Ivana is, of course, livid at this threatening Nathan and saying, stay the fuck away from me. Uh. Does anyone have anything to say here, or should I just keep going reading out all the bad things that this man has done? Why stop? Yeah. There are, like, myriad events that, uh, like, little um, micro-attempts of his to rekindle the flames of romance with Tennille. One time he even gets Bill to get Tennille to have a chat. It, like, it's it's all gross. It, none of it is good. Oh, yeah. Is this the bit where he gets mad because Tennille goes and sits with Bill and Alex and is talking to them? And he's just, like, leering from somewhere else, being like, fucking Bill, traitor. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes as far as trying to ban Tennille from talking to Bill, Alex, and Nathan. Ugh. Eventually, Tennille's is like, how? Tennille's? Good. <laughs> uh, ten Neils is like... Uh, how dare Ten you? Ten men named Neil. <laughs> yes. On each other's shoulders. <laughs> Wait, named Neil <laughs> in, in, in a trench coat. Uh, and then and then he goes and sits out front of a um, hut and she comes over to Neil in front of him. Ah, <laughs> so good. Um, ironically, the point at which everyone has realized that Ivan is a crazy person is also the point at which... Avan tries to source his rose from American Caroline, a.k.a. So Cal, a.k.a. Ameline. <laughs> Isn't that a Ben Folds 5 song? Uh, Don't let me walk away from Ameline. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, he goes in for a kiss, saying, would you get upset if I kissed you now? <laughs> <laughs> so a fair funny. question, because the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm glad he asked, at least. Yeah. Would See, uh, let me just open the floor to both of you. Would you be upset if Ivan kissed anyone again ever? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I would. I think it's so... I mean, like, I wanted more of this, of, like, him being just increasingly desperate and, uh, you know, publicly humiliated and stuff like that. We don't get enough of it. I True. Don't think. But, this, but, the, but this mission of him to get a rose from other people... Was Chef's kiss, yeah, beautiful <laughs> humiliation to yeah. observe because he, like, the editing in that rose ceremony really did make it look like he was expecting every woman going up there to give him <laughs> <the rose. laughs> every time. He's like, "It's Avon's big time. <laughs> Let's go." I don't think that anyone watching this show. Would I mean the you know in it, it, the end of the Ivan story I guess is like him at the tell all being like oh I've, I'm trying to better myself I'm going you know trying to work on things and that kind of thing I still don't think anyone in their right mind who watched this season would pursue him in a relationship and I think that is just fine like yeah <laughs> that's not to say that he's unworthy of love or whatever but like he really needs to do a lot of work in 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 order for that to be a healthy prospect for anyone, I would 100%. say. Yeah. And also because, like, I know that this is kind of how Paradise operates and how these shows operate in general, but, like, the idea that he, like, and all of the guys who, like, saw Tennille and were like, she's hot, I want to get to know her, um, he, Tennille could have been anyone inside that, like, 
beautiful yeah. body. He did not mm. care about her as a person. All yeah. he wanted was this like beautiful trophy and when it was taken away it was like an insult to his kind of like ability to keep a hot woman or something. Yeah, yeah it sure felt like another kid stole his Lego or some shit, you know? Yeah. Mm. Obviously, he doesn't get a rose, but he does get reamed by everyone on social media. Yes. Uh, rightly so. Yeah. Um, worth noting, Ivan did issue a pretty weak apology via Instagram. Um, so he says, I would like to wholeheartedly apologize for my behavior in paradise. It is not a part of me that I knew was there, and I'm ashamed and embarrassed watching the show back, not just as a man, but as a human. It's not the person I am or strive to be. I work hard to impact people around the world in a positive way and unfortunately i've done the exact opposite here i was in a foreign environment with heightened emotions and i didn't realize that past experiences would manifest within me in such a negative way mm. he watches a supercut at the tell-all of his low lights with his face in his hands Ivan says again that he lost himself in the emotion of everything i'm embarrassed i'm ashamed he breaks down as Osha offers up a laundry list of his fuck-ups. Yeah. I like that God, Osha that and the producers and whoever was responsible for cutting this together didn't really hold back. Yeah. Like, yeah. it needed to be addressed, and I felt like there was a lot of frustrating moments throughout this season when we felt like it was not being addressed enough. Mm. Um, watching that, Watching that happen in the tell-all felt like a truly, like progressive moment of totally reality tv especially australian tv we never ever get to see this and we never get to make someone face up to it we certainly get didn't get the chance to do that to bill so for ivan to be there and for that to happen was kind of momentous Mm. i feel like i've i've watched a lot of because they do these after the final rose like finale episodes for the american show yeah um where the finale is played to a live audience this is the first time it's happened here as far as i know that's right um they, they do these things all the time in America, but they generally, when they're playing clips back to people, they will play, like, goofs and, like, times that a bug flew onto them and, like, <laughs> that's sort of the tone of it. Yeah. Where it's, like, maybe... Oh, well, fucking great, of course. Some of the most entertaining stuff on that show. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it's not really an opportunity to open things back up again for, like, serious analysis. Whereas I think it was, like, a pretty clear goal of... I mean, I don't know how much insight... Uh, how much sway um, Osha had into it or like who exactly was behind this but it was pretty clear that this was like an autopsy for these relationships yeah Yeah. and Osha did such a good job like yeah oh my god Xavier I like as I was watching it I was like I get it now I get (laughs) truly we love Osha yeah but also like I almost feel like not I know she's not really a part of this because she wasn't in a couple but I feel like having Britney there was a real distraction with the Ivan stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because her yeah. whole thing with Ivan was just like you liked someone else and so that's why you're a bad guy. And it's like, Brittany, can you just shut up? We're talking about like yeah. um <laughs> his like emotional abuse. Yeah. It does end up that Tanil once again is the person who has to draw that distinction um mm. on the show. She says even though that she knows that Ivan thinks that he cares about her, his behaviour is unacceptable Hmm. uh sorry that it fell to you again to neil to do that but you know thank fuck someone was there too um Hmm. ivan then vows to try to help other men realize that that kind of behavior is not okay and that he knows now that that is normalized 
Mm. What do you think of that from Ivan? I said before that I thought that it was weak. I will say that in the moment, I was like, I think, I think he might be getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I was I like, re- that's okay. Yeah. I think his apology kind of seemed like he gets it as well. Yeah. But also my standards are so low. <laughs> like the fact that he wasn't like, you know, he said he was in a heightened environment and all this kind of stuff, which seems like an excuse, but it's also like, I've heard much longer, bigger defenses of bad behavior with no apology or accountability in them. So this almost, this seems like, you know, incredible by comparison. Mm. Yeah. I should say he does take accountability and Mm. that's important. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, that's But if I never see him again or hear his name. <laughs> forever. Yeah, see you later. Um, Caroline and Amex. Oh. Let's talk about Paradise's happiest couple. I love them! They were so <laughs> nice. Have you, but, did you see her, like, gallery of photos of them together on her Instagram? No. Yes, I've seen this. They, Talk like, kept dating after the show. I don't think they're together anymore. Is that right, Yeah, they've, they've, they've now split up. But, oh. like, when the show ended, she posted a gallery of photos of them, like, in their real life together, like, hanging out in Florida. Yeah. Cute. And it seems like they pretty earnestly gave it a go. Mm. Oh, I um, love them. Yeah. Amex was on every episode of this show. Alicia, though, in confessional, pretty accurately describes him as that guy who has been here for a while. (laughs) There's also a lot of fake tension uh, about whether or not they're going to kiss uh, through these first couple of episodes. Uh Uh, And Alex, who I might remind you is on The Bachelor, says that he doesn't like putting his personal life out there. Yeah, that's an interesting thing for someone on several reality dating TV shows to say. Yeah. Yeah, fair um, point. Eventually, they give each other like a When Harry Met Sally kind of speech on a batchy couch. And Wait, where she like starts doing orgasm noises? <laughs> <laughs> I oh love that God. it takes you 10 minutes to order a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I think this was? I think this is the producers being like, hey, um, we can't afford to fly your friends here from um, Absolutely. America. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. They're like, like, fuck, we're going to do that. You guys would be better off out of here. You bye get bye. on the plane back bye to bye. Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they get on a plane back together to the US and we didn't get a final update in the tell-all, but as it turns out, they're no longer together. Yeah. But it was very amicable. There's a lot of well wishes on both sides between the two of them. Uh, so good. You know, she, fine. She also seemed to genuinely like really enjoy the other castmates like her comments on everyone else's Instagrams and like she like posted a video a photo of like all of them embracing Cass and like Mm. was like give it up for Cass and like she's I feel like they're both really like into the experience of having been on Batchy Australia she even deigned to uh, visit the old BOH pod Instagram page. Did she really? How she, lovely. She dropped us a like. So <laughs> thanks very much. Which is the I reason d- why we've been speaking so highly of her. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, like, I think, um, like, I don't think Canadian Daniel has 
mentioned that he was on Australian Bachelor in Paradise, even though he's done it twice. Like, I could be wrong, but it's just like, it's nice when they embrace, you know, uh, coming overseas and doing this show again, because they have the possibility of just hiding it and letting yeah. no one know about the terrible shit that they did. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the appeal for them in, in coming all this way to go to a reality show. You still get the paycheck, but you don't have to really be accountable to anyone that you'll ever see again. Yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, it's indicative that they had a good experience and that they uh, and their, didn't their piss anyone off. Being like, we had to go all the way to the other side of the world just to find each other. Yeah, we already it's a knew cute each other. narrative. Really yeah, I'm glad that we got to see both of them on Paradise this year. Um, Caroline's great. Amex is great. I would welcome them back uh, into my own home. <laughs> I would welcome them into my own home as well. I love them. <laughs> All right. Speaking of people who... Uh... Can we throw a barbecue for them? <laughs> a traditional Australian barbecue. Caroline, yeah. if you're listening, girl, come over. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who uh left paradise and then had to show no accountability to anyone ever again mm. let's talk about connor and shannon now okay. yeah i okay. literally was like are you gonna talk about davy or <laughs> 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 oh god um, connor and shannon is a really really interesting one because they're one of paradise's most solid couples through the entire run of the show well and that we just never saw them yeah. yeah, so I think I think like statistically speaking, or like you know, in terms of weeks present without breaking up, definitely. But uh, my read on their relationship was that it was never interesting enough to show. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like there was never anything happening, and I think honestly that they may have been asked to leave because they weren't being interesting enough. Yeah, this I don't is know my how big conspiracy works. theory. Well. I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's speculation, and I'm just being a naughty little so and so. But I, I do get the distinct, <laughs> I do get the instinct, the distinct impression that the, because they were not doing much, um, the they didn't have much to show with them, which meant that they would have had to pull something out of their hat to make their like finale sort of send off memorable. Yeah, and I don't think either of them were really engaged enough to do that. And then, yeah, I guess so. It just sort of, um, it w- I felt unexpected that they would choose to leave together at the end. Mm. That I think the editing on their narrative was really strong. The way that they manufactured a little bit of tension between them as part of an like an argument arc. Mm. Um, as but as you say, yeah, I don't think that there was in the end enough to to sustain. And that was kind of that was kind of that for them. Yeah. I think they're yeah. both so boring. Yes. Like, um, sorry, Shannon, but, like, she she would make, like, w- say, like, one goofy thing, and then they'd be like, whoa, you're a, you're a bit of a Jules. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I think Shannon is, like, uh, has that every woman sort of quality yeah. to her sometimes. And she, like, you know, she had a bit of purple in her hair. Like a... Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, like a little kook. <laughs> I think it is quite like she I'm I she's quite empathetic I think when she's upset. Yeah. I think those are the times when weirdly enough that she connects the most. Totally. But just her generally she's just kind of like a nice presence but mm. without, you know, really great, driving the story. Yeah, she was a great first person to have in paradise. She had lots of great confessionals. She had a really, really strong first couple of episodes, but the coupling up with Connor mm. was kind of what sent her story sailing uh, mm. 
back. Connor is also like super hot. But yeah. I found since so he's another one that like did not acknowledge his time on the show on Instagram. Uh, right. And interesting. instead he loves posting about um he loves posting his like big beefy body and he mm. uses kind of like a grey filter over everything so it all looks like a broody menswear catalogue. But he's also like incredibly Christian. And so oh. now I can't look at his Instagram without getting like a kind of like cool pasta vibe. Okay. Um, pasta with an OR, not like a spaghetti. Um, spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Where he's kind of like, kids, the only uh, fam I need is the Lord or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like he sits backwards on his chair and he's like, yeah. let's rap about the original uh, Post Malone. He was yeah. a carpenter and. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the fortnight that uh, you know. God only needed half a fortnight to create the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's my specific yeah. niche. <laughs> I can do this pretty easily. Yeah. All right. Well, the genesis of all of their trouble uh, is that Connor says that Shannon is closed off, and Shannon doesn't think that she is closed off. Mm. Can either of us say, because neither of them have been shown on the TV, who's closed off and who's not? Right. No. Here's the problem with all of this, is I don't give a shit. (laughs) Because none of this has been shown, so there is no stakes. There's no weight to it. I was checking my phone. Yeah. And you're like, Um, the idea that one of them could leave, you're just like, okay. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, but look at this fucking Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, it's also like, yeah, they had to leave before the commitment. Did they go to the commitment ceremony? God, no. No, No, there was a rose ceremony. They had to leave before the commitment ceremony because they weren't going to fly in his friends or family from America. Yeah. Yeah. They were, it wasn't, it was at a rose ceremony and he goes, I'll give you the rose if you and me just get out of here right now. Let's just go right now. I was like, who told him he could do that? Yeah. I fully thought that she would say no, but instead she's like, yes, queen. And then Shannon raises the roof in confessional and says, might have to move to America, baby. (laughs) Oh, Shannon. And then, uh, unfortunately, in the tell-all, she reveals that Connor never called her again. Ooh. Yikes. That's it. That's it for Connor and Shannon. And they don't even talk about it that much in the tell-all. No. Because she says that and everyone goes, ooh. And then we're like, well, um, <laughs> who else is we here? Cared about? Yeah. yeah. They're like, Not oh, you, Jimmy. Did you guys see that Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. Jimmy was there. He was there and he got no words. He literally, they were introducing people at the start and it was like, here's everyone who is bothered to come out. And I was like... Interesting that this person and this person and this person and this person haven't come. But hey, look, it's Jimmy. Great. <laughs> he got Can't a wait huge to hear from him. cheer from the audience too. Totally. Yeah. And then nothing. Zero questions. No checking in. Even Vanessa Sunshine, who was on the show for 15 minutes. Yeah. Got, got a full a arc. wonderful arc. Yeah. And, you know, she rules. <laughs> <laughs> she ruled. <laughs> uh, Jimmy and Vanessa Sunshine can date. Okay. Yeah. Were they on the island at the same time together? Yes, but Jimmy was pursuing Alex Nation at that time. Yeah, yeah. like everyone. Yeah. yeah, he should have had his uh, tried to have his moment in the sunshine instead. Mm. Yeah. Um, Put on your sunscreen, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm walking on. Su- no, wait. Um, vitamin D meet vitamin there J. We go. Uh, let's talk about Laura. Okay. It was a quick hello goodbye for Laura in Paradise. She was and has always been 
typecast as like this foreign sex bomb by production. Mm. She kind of plays up to that archetype a bit. And basically, I think that they roll her out uh, as a fire-twirling villain at every given opportunity. I think some photos got out of her in like 2013 or 2014 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, She was like an event promoter or something like that. And I think she booked like a fetish club night or something like that. Okay. And so ever since then, that has become her entire personality. Right. Like, I don't think it is in the real world, but I think it definitely has been on every iteration of the TV show that she's appeared on. Yeah, I think that maybe she's distinct from the other villain characters that we've seen on The Bachelor and in Paradise, like Cat, for example, because her trait isn't that she's necessarily, like, brazen or controversial. It's just that she's upfront with her sexuality. Mm. Bros, what do you think? Um, I just found Alora a bit boring, yeah. I feel like she was just she was just unlucky to have come in so late in the game where yeah. like yeah. it was similar to Zoe where it's like the the opportunity to like disrupt a couple or like have any kind of like lasting or meaningful make any lasting or meaningful mark on the show was just like kind of not really possible at the end. Yeah. I genuinely feel like they fucked her over. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, she just she seemed genuinely like humiliated. She was like fucking again. Yeah, um, she there was a little bit of um, will they won't they with Alex Nation. Yeah, because um, they are both queer, I guess. Well, yeah, I don't. Uh, so I don't want to say queer. They, I guess did it's they say that they had tried to meet up on the outside or something? I think that they had DM'd before. Right. Um, that's the the implication, or that's what's implied there. Um, she says that she's there to play the game and then she takes Alex Nation on this date. It is interesting that you say queer, I guess, because Flo says, oh, she's bi now? Kissing girls is what straight girls do when we get bored in a way that is very, very cutting and a little dismissive of the validity of fluid sexuality among human yeah. beings, right. I think. Right. Um, maybe speaks more about Flo than it does... Alora in in that situation. I was yeah. screaming at Flo. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was disappointing. Oh, well, this is the first time that we've mentioned Flo uh, on the podcast so far. I think that overall she had a glorious run in Paradise, Ooh, and I yeah. loved watching her on the TV. This I was kind of like, mm, I don't know if that's. Yeah. Um, yeah, that made me be like, oh, I can't trust the judgment of someone who's pining for Davy Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> I just found this mega disappointing, like, mm. because it feels like the show is making some steps forward in terms of representation of, like, bi people and mm. queerness and that sort of thing. Yeah. To openly spotlight somebody who is essentially just uh, regurgitating, um, you know, some of the most commonly held and sort of most damaging perceptions about bi people mm. um, and queer people. It was just, like, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, because, like... The the show has had plenty of opportunities to do that kind of thing. Yeah. I think, like, reality TV in general, like, really loves um, the possibility of queerness and that sort of thing. Like, they, they mm. use that, uh, they weaponize it, um, and I would have hoped that we were moving slightly beyond that now, but it is what it is. Weaponized yeah. is the, the right word, because I think that the whole thing feels constructed. Yeah. Right? Like... 
I think that Alora was sent into paradise at that time, probably to take Alex Nation on a date, mm. if not to take someone else in a couple on a date. But I think that the blinders might have been set on Alex and she would have been encouraged to do that by production. Um, it's interesting that the date doesn't really like end up going anywhere. It doesn't, you know, and that's, that's kind of the thing. And, I so I feel like it might have been a bit ham-fisted or constructed in that way, mm. um, and then the confessionals that we get out of it from Flo and from you, you know the other people who are talking about Alora as this like she's this oozy sex woman are mm. uh, sort of like like it's all very done you know like we've heard yeah. and seen all of this before. And it feels very manufactured, which is, was my whole problem with Alora's insertion yeah. into the show to play this sort of archetype and to give the show the opportunity to feature these perspectives at a time in which I also feel like, not to make excuses for anyone, but they also kind of felt a bit forced too. Mm. Yeah, It's also so strange and like kind of again, that prudishness of The Bachelor where it's like, yeah. it's a show about a bunch of people on an island wearing like G-string bikini bottoms, no clothes, fucking every night, you're assuming. And then like a woman comes on who's like curvy and vaguely foreign and she's like a wild sexual <laughs> with no <Yeah>. boundaries. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, like, And it manifests in this way then where once... Alora works out that her rose isn't coming from Alex Nation, which it couldn't have anyway, because the men had the power. Mm. Uh, she then pursues Nathan and Connor, and then hilariously also Mac. Mac! Ah, uh, Mac. It's this, like, uncomfortable uh, goodbye to Alora, where Mac is like, yeah, look, I'm mad keen on Zoe. And Alora's like, but she doesn't like you. Yeah. And Mac's like, I don't care. Yeah. Oh my god, the bit after that when Alora went off crying yeah. and then Zoe came over to Mac and was like, what did you say to her? And he goes, I just said I don't think you're getting a rose tonight. And she was like, <laughs> and Zoe goes like, that's not for you to say. <laughs> and, and, and she was really like, like kind of, you're a fucking dick. And then he was like, well, you know, I said I wasn't giving it to her and I'm, I'm, I'm giving mine to you, I'm committing to you. And Zoe was kind of like, Oh god, this is what I have to do to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe's like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> we'll get there oh, with yes. Zoe and Mac. There's Thank a god. lot to discuss. But not before we discuss the goodbye of Candan. Oh god. Oh, do you remember Canadian Daniel was on this show? Yeah. God. <laughs> he, they had to. Key quotes from this uh <laughs> this adventure from Canadian Daniel in Paradise were you don't put stickers on a Lamborghini. Right. Oh that's God. about how he doesn't have tattoos. That's right. Yeah. And chicks like me for my accent and my body. Okay. Meanwhile, cool. all the chicks he interacted with were like, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like you for any reason. <laughs> Eventually, he thinks that he'll have to go date a hermit crab because he is not getting a rose from any of the women. That's, that's always, it. That's always my next option. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, let me be real, okay? If I really fucking break it down, if there's two things I like about Canadian Daniel, it is his accent and his body. 
<laughs> but that is not enough to overcome the rest of his very, very obvious flaws. I think he's framed that in such a positive way. I wish he was a Lamborghini that had a honk if you're horny bumper sticker on. <laughs> he truly would be. And honestly, that bumper sticker would improve the experience. It would. It, it would, would be so fun. And like, realistically, he, his, his mouth is his honk if you're horny bumper sticker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and his haircut. That's a bad haircut. That's anyway. not a great one, yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for Canadian Daniel, which means it is now time to talk about Davy and Flo. Do you think geese are horny? Um, they do honk a lot. They do honk. Right. Probably yes. Swan. Nah, I got nothing okay, to. Cool. I think that they are. Where do birds go at night? Ooh. Up. You gotta, when I geese, gotta when say. geese see something they like, they just have a gander at it. Hey, <laughs> see, this is why we got you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying All to right. keep up with you two silly boys. <laughs> oh, couple of silly geese. Uh, <laughs> good, good. Um, Davy and Flo. That's right. Yeah. Uh, sw- swan. Nah. I just want you to get on uh, with it. Good, thank you. <laughs> Flo gets back from her date with Canadian Daniel, and she is overjoyed to see Davy back in paradise. Oh yeah, what a cliffhanger they left us on when oh Davy got God. there and was like, "Where's Flo? Where's Flo? She's on a date." Candan <laughs> <laughs> says that she flicked me like a dead body. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't dead bug? No, dead body. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah like you would do with a dead body. Yep. Flick it. Uh, and then Flo asks. Davey, uh, who we should know that he does have roses printed on his polka dot shirt, and I did like that. Yeah, he's got a very rose-heavy yeah. war- wardrobe. So Flo asked Davey to feel her heartbeat. It's like when two dogs see each other in the street, don't you think? Yeah. Like, they have that very, <laughs> like... tails are wagging. There you are. Hello, yeah. hello. Um, eventually, there's, like, kissing and drinking from each other's bowls and... Uh, holding and <laughs> drinking from each other's bowls. <laughs> uh, it's like dogs do. I don't know. Oh, I was like, wait, I missed a bit of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> drinking from each other's bowls. Oh. Uh, and Flo says that the Osher gods had sent her Davy Lloyd. There's this yeah. triumphant music. Davy <laughs> says that their connection is interlocking. There's a lot of kissing. That's There's the so much staring. There's so much like very kind-hearted staring totally. from him. Mm. But it, unfortunately, it's when she is talking to him about her emotions. Yes. And his, they do that in a monologue bit. Oh, it's really good, isn't it? The, so Davey's just sort of looking at her being like, she's so Dutch. And now, then they kiss oh. while she's explaining everything that happened with the horrible Bill gaslighting. My hot take is that I was listening to what Flo was saying and then they faded her audio down and they pump in this like sexy saxophone music and we just like zoom in. And I'm like, I get that you want to have some levity in this show. It reminds me of US Bachelor in Paradise, which has a lot of that in it. But I'm also like, pick your moment. There are so <laughs> many things I would have rather skipped over than this. Yeah, yeah that's and true. And also where once again, Flo's experience of Bill treating her like shit is just being swept away. Right. Yeah, minimized they didn't by want the show. to engage with what was going on there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is, this is a bit yucky to me. Mm. Just before the final commitment ceremony, they both get cold feet, though. Flo says that she thinks Davey is too immature. Davey says that he really likes Flo, but he doesn't know how he feels about commitment. They decide to hang around in paradise and see how they go at the commitment ceremony, even though 
Davy is super stressed about it. Mm. Now, I think Flo is really good in this situation. Like, she yeah. doesn't put any pressure on it. And Davy has all these questions about if they're just friends or not. He's so in his own head. And Flo is just so patient with him. It's really, really good, I think, to watch her in this situation. Just be rational. Mm. Just be chill about the whole experience, mm. even though this is something that she's wanted and that he's wanted for some time. The idea of them just kind of like requesting one another is interesting to me. Yeah. This is that wish list thing that we kind of talk about, but it does feel like they were put there to have this relationship. And that he was brought back specifically so that they, like, I'm glad they kept Flo on the show because I love Flo. Yeah. But like keeping him or bringing him back just for her seemed very strange when they very clearly could have just been dating in real life. Yeah. After Last Paradise didn't, came on this show, didn't work, or, like, the timing was wrong, and then did work, and then it didn't work, and it turns out he had a girlfriend the whole time? Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead, but, like... No, no, I mean, we got to get into it. Um, There's there's some conspiracy theories going around, which I was very ready to agree with, um, which is essentially that, like, the Flo and Davey thing has been pretty... Closely controlled and set up. Interesting. Um, so as to play out on television at a particular time. Um, you know, they are separated. Like, uh, I mean, Sydney and Melbourne type of issue, which is why that they haven't spent all that much time together throughout the year. But they've been in contact. Hey, we're yeah. making it work. Hey, <laughs> exactly right. As, as the history of this podcast is founded on uh, relationship divide. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so that stuff makes it all seem pretty plausible that perhaps, like, everyone being brought back in, potentially, especially because there's not that much actual romance at the end of the line here. Yeah. Like, I can see the producers being a little bit scared and being like, shit, we really need to fly one of these, you know, we have to fly Flo back in. Oh, yeah, isn't a big part of their narrative as well that, like, he's not, they're not sleeping together? Yes, that yeah, also that comes, comes up. up. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Davey doesn't doesn't come up apparently. But uh, oh boy, hey. Uh, <laughs> but I think yeah. Well, my my take on that because they talk about uh, Davey um, being too tired or not willing to engage with her on that level or whatever. Mm-hmm. That stuff happens after he has flown back. And from what I've heard, the timeline of events of him meeting the person that he is now dating, right, and says that will be the mother of his child and stuff like that on yeah. the um, tell-all, is that they met in between. Oh, fuck. So wow. they weren't strictly dating, but he met her um, like a day before they upped and flew him back onto Paradise. Ugh. And so he was feeling some vibes with this girl. Yeah. Um, and, you know, wasn't sure what was happening with Flo. So then they flew him back. He was vibing it, but also like he wanted to be... On the record, um, not fucking her. <laughs> yes. Um, so that he had like plausible deniability, but then also he could provide some of the like romantic connection and stuff. And like, I, I you know, I've read, <laughs> I've read a lot of stuff on forums that is like, you know, yes, they kissed, but it never went any further than that. And like, that oh. was the arrangement with oh. the girl that he met because like she would have known that he's on TV and like all this sort of stuff. It was like. Yes, I've done too much research this week, but all of this stuff plays out very interestingly. No, I love that. If you keep, yeah, if you keep in mind that he, in between his two appearances on this season, met someone else, 
Ugh. Makes a lot of sense. Mm. That sort of, um, I mean, that I would say invalidates so much of the dialogue that happens and so much of the action that happens between them uh, in these episodes that we're recapping right now. Yeah. I would like to just shout out, there's one moment in particular where Davey's really struggling to express himself and has the guts to kind of say... I struggle with the English language and sometimes I don't have the words to say what I want to say. And I just, I like that as uh, an example of someone who is acknowledging something that he's struggling with and Mm. still saying, hey, I'm really trying. Yeah, it's an anti-Jules approach. Totally. Um, Quick moment also for Flo's commitment ceremony outfit. I don't Uh, remember it, I don't think. So, let me describe it to you with the words that I wrote down at 1.30am last night. <laughs> it's like a genie clown, terry ter- toweling pastiche with long pants, and I am a big fan. It was like this multicoloured, like, do you know the Japanese clothing brand Sakai? No. They're known for doing sort of similar weedy kind of stuff like this. Is this like a beautiful two-piece multi-textured, multi-coloured, almost um, I Dream of Genie kind of outfit um, that was, I was just like, she is utilising colour very well here. Hmm. Let's talk hmm. about these friends and family, actually, if, if we're there. Yeah, okay. So, uh, was there anyone who stood out to you amongst the friends and family? Well, I mean, Davey's dad. Davey's dad was cool. He's a he's a ripper bloke. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, part of it is like being a big fan of these shows and having followed them over a long period of time yeah it's interesting to see people popping back up yeah particularly like people not necessarily like stars of the show that you've spent a lot of time with but like people who you saw once a couple of years ago yeah. such as davy's dad where did we see davy's dad wasn't he on a hometown oh uh, maybe he was but also the more probably more importantly um flo's friend steph yeah now they couldn't get Flo's family for whatever reason. I guess maybe they're overseas. Yeah. So they bring in Steph, who was a close friend of hers. They met on a little TV program called The Bachelor. Talk to oh. me. Now, Steph has quite a different look here than she did when she originally appeared. <gasps> but she I was, know who this is. Oh, my God. She was an intruder, I, I think. Yes. On Maddie J's season. Yes. She was the horse girl. No, she wasn't no? the horse The horse girl had brown hair. Oh. Um, Steph, wow. I think. The long blonde hair girl? Yeah. Oh yeah, what? she's back. That's amazing. I it's didn't know that. Yeah, so this is like clearly they just made friends, and even though I don't think they were, like I don't think Steph was on the show for that long. No, only a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, before she was sent home, it's so that explains how Steph also knows Davy, right? Right. Exactly. Right. Fascinating. I and they don't talk that about all it. these people just hang out all the time. They don't seem to hang out with anyone else. They just go to Byron and dog parks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people from their own universe. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I didn't watch Maddie J's season, but there was also that horse girl on um on the Sam Wood season who came in and ended up in the final two, remember with the big eyes? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Alana Lana? Uh, Lord, big La- eyes. I think it was, yeah, Big Eyes. Tim Her Burton's name was big the Tim Burton movie. <laughs> Have you seen his new movie, Big Ears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Steph That's was, a good joke. thank you. Steph was the one who came in on a quad bike. Yes. And it was Richie's season. Yeah. Oh, that's Jay's. right. All yeah, that, yeah. All that time oh. ago. Yeah. Mm. So <laughs> Steph was on the TV show. Yeah. We know this. 
Uh, it's cool that she is now back in paradise, uh, even though it was not explained that that's who she is. Um, uh, other loved ones include um, Tennille's friend Chantel. Oh yeah, from the from the from the conditioner ads. Yes, she's in all of the conditioner ads. Um, oh. She says that she is uh, a competitor in like Miss Grand Australia 2019. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is the funniest one of them all, I think. Nathan's brother flew out, but he wasn't shown on the show. Oh, wait! What? No, he was shown on the show because he wore a really bad outfit. Oh, where did I miss Nathan? Oh, he, do you know what? I'm looking at a picture of him right now. I'm completely wrong about this. Was it Nathan's <laughs> brother who had like the acid wash cut off shorts and thongs? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Yep. Uh, I filed that away in my just to set the scene for you guys. I am laying on my bed, extremely hungover. Didn't take any notes watching these episodes, but I I do have like a perfect photographic memory of Nathan's badly dressed brother. Yeah, that was an incredible choice on his behalf to be oh. like, oh, I'll be on TV. Great, I've got just the thing to wear. <laughs> I've got just the shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I have a blind spot in my mind for. Acid wash shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. You just yeah. saw a big kind of like fuzzy side of the camera. <laughs> it was a big black bar like they did over Tennille's butt at one point. Yes, do you remember that? That was so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that I was saw, wild. I saw so many G-string butts on these women in Paradise this year and loved every second of it. Yeah. Yeah, good but on like, them. They made a whole thing about like, oh, there's that butt again. Tennille getting her butt <laughs> everyone. So I, I'm curious about this not to derail us or anything, but okay. there has been a little bit of outcry um, in like conservative circles around the um, depiction of female bodies on the show and the outfit choices and stuff like that, which like that's always going to happen, I guess, on commercial TV, primetime, all that kind of stuff. Like, sure. you know, people will always complain about that type of thing. Um, but I was curious as to whether this black bar was already in the show because they were doing like a butt-centric <laughs> bit or whether it was added in post as a response to all of that sort of outcry. Mm, I don't think so. I think they were like editing like a kind of like a gag that she was showing too much or something, yeah. which was a bit obnoxious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would like to say this to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, just maybe, she was wearing a pair of bikini bottoms that actually had a big black bar attached <laughs> to them. Because how was it moving with her? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a postmodern sort of uh, exploration of the reality TV of format. The human butt. Well, wow. yeah, and wow, that wow, too. Wow, wow. If I was on reality TV, all right, well, I'd do a lot of subversive <laughs> fucked up shit. <laughs> Producers, give me a call. <laughs> Um, let's finish up Flo and Davey. It didn't work out. Uh, at the reunion, Flo says she's never going on The Bachelor ever again. <laughs> she talks about what a shit man Bill is. And then she breaks down everything that happens with Davey. Apparently, they came off the island, stopped speaking. Davey got in a relationship with this girl called Georgia, who he says is going to be the mother of his children. Yeah. That's it. They're still together. They are. Him and Georgia. Good on them. Good on them. Nice that Davey started on a season with the Georgia and has finished up with one oh, as well. True. Um, which leaves us with two couples. I think that we should do the right thing and leave the meteor discussion <laughs> of Mac and Zoe to last. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. 
We can end on a high note. Uh, Nathan and Tennille uh, is who we are going to discuss in lieu of Mac and Zoe. Okay. Moet. Uh, Nathan and Tennille have a cute beach date to start this week. They're attracted to each other. It all seems nice. And Tennille says that being away from Yvonne and here with Nathan, she is back to being happy. Their chat on this Batchy Couch date sort of cements them as a couple. Um, I did, though, think that this was a little bit weirdly edited. Like, if you notice this date, there's no shots of them together having a conversation on the couch. It's just shots of Nathan saying stuff, and then they cut to Tennille saying yes. Interesting. It's really odd. Um, I bit my tongue when I said yes, if, hello, audience, if that sounded like I said the word yes, weird. You okay? Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm in some pain, but I'm dealing with it. We've got like robust healthcare as part <laughs> of the show. <laughs> um, Can I later get some though, of that? Yeah, yeah, of course, but of course. only for the next like <laughs> however long this podcast goes. Oh, great! I need some Panadol. Okay, um, coming right up. Thanks. Later though, there's trouble between the two of them. Tennille opens up to Flo and says that Nathan only wants to kiss when they're on camera. She expects that, or she suspects that Nathan is here for all the wrong reasons. All of them. And then expresses this to Nathan. Nathan says, hey, it's only been a few days between us. um, And I like you, but I'm still getting to know you. And Tennille says that she doesn't think Nathan is being very generous with his, uh, like, being very forthcoming Mm. at all. Mm. They decide to spend more time in paradise. Uh, Nathan says that he wants to get to know Tennille more, and Tennille says that she doesn't want to miss out. Um, And then we come to the family and friends chat, which is kind of revealing for the Nathan-Tennille dynamic, because Nathan says he wouldn't want to commit to being Tennille's boyfriend, but he would leave the show with Tennille as an exclusive partner. But Tennille's friend, Miss Grand Australia 2019 Chantel Romeo, (laughs) says... She can't tell if it's legitimate or if it's for the show. So where are we at here? Do you think that Nathan is playing up to the TV? It's hard to tell. I mean, yeah. it, it seemed it really did seem watching him that he really did like Tennille. Like when she was with Ivan and all of that stuff and he was talking, he was getting advice from Cassie and there was a lot of him and Cassie talking about this stuff that we didn't see on camera. I have a feeling. Totes, yeah. But what we did see kind of, and then what we saw in the after show special did not paint his intentions very um, positively. Yeah. Yeah, the to skip to the end of this um he also doesn't didn't paint work his out. hair very positively. My <laughs> god. <laughs> what did he do? Oh. What did he do? What? Do you guys watch Game of Thrones? No. Neither do I. I'm sorry. Okay, well there's just there's this character called Sansa and when she um has to escape at one point. She has, like, naturally long red hair, and when she has to escape, they paint it black. And there's a moment where she's, like, in a bath and all the black dye comes out of her hair and she's, like, back to herself again. (laughs) And I'm like, I wonder what will happen when Nathan, like, washes his hair and... (laughs) Gets in his black bath. Becomes himself again, yeah. Um, Um, Santa is also a character outside of (laughs) Game of Thrones, but he has white hair. (laughs) Uh, so Tennille confronts Nathan about this. But he when he has black hair, he's bad Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Tennille confronts Nathan, 
He says that he's being completely honest and says that it would go without saying that he would want to be exclusive with Tennille. And at that point, I was sitting there thinking, I probably believe this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm. We at least only see what's on the cameras. We don't see what's not on the cameras. And so I think that all we can do as prognosticators on this is to judge based on what we've seen. And I've seen Nathan trying. It's such yeah. an interesting criticism to level to someone because, like, we as viewers have no way of disproving that. Totally. Like, mm. he's just doing it for the cameras. It's like, well, I saw what was on the cameras and I begged to differ. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. At their commitment ceremony, Nathan gives Tanil a ring. She says that she can see a future with him and returns a ring in exchange and they kiss. And it's a really weird thing for Nathan to wear a ring because he's never done it before and he definitely didn't have 18 rings already on his fingers <laughs> <laughs> before she put that one on. He she was had like to like just find right. a spot for it. She was like, where can I? <laughs> he shifted some down to his toes. <laughs> oh my God, imagine a toe ring. <laughs> I bet Nathan's brother has one. <laughs> I'm surprised you can see it with the thongs. Yeah, yeah. That's why he wears thongs, so you can see his jewelry. <laughs> it does seem like Mac would have promised Zoe a toe ring if they'd gotten to the commitment ceremony. <laughs> hey, don't cut ahead. <laughs> um, so at the tell all, Tanil says that Nathan dumped her in Byron Bay, and then Nathan is confronted by Tanil, Rachel, and Zoe about how he had embarrassed them on the show. Osha also really sticks it to Nathan. I don't know if Osha likes Nathan or not, based on what we're seeing here. Mm. Uh, but Nathan doubles down on the fact that his heart was in it, but it didn't work out at home. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about how Nathan's doing this for the Instagram followers, and he does make a pretty public video apology on Instagram. Did anyone watch it? No, I didn't. Uh, I tried to. <laughs> it was really long. Yeah. I got through, like, it was one of those multi-panel Instagram video posts. Oh, no. Where, like, the first one is a straight minute, and I'm like, okay, I can watch this. He gets to the end, it's halfway through a sentence, so I start the next one, I'm like, there's still three or four more of these, I'm not going to bother. Yeah. He sort of pitches it as, like, I'm giving you the real truth here, and he does make apologies to to Neil and to Rachel and to Zoe, and that's fine and well and good, and Mm. it's good that that he did that. However... Zoe went in on the comments being like, you have my number, you can call me and apologize. And she's absolutely right to demand that from him mm-hmm. uh, as a man who she suspects of not acting in uh, in a genuine manner. Mm. Um, right, because her, I was just trying to remember, because her issue was that she saw him in Byron Bay and he said to her, I wasn't into any women on the show. Is that right? Yes. And Zoe was with a group of friends and she felt very embarrassed in front of her group of friends. Yeah. The way that that's presented doesn't paint Nathan in the greatest light. Um, What I will say, though, is that overall on this season, Nathan comes off looking pretty good. He comes off looking pretty good. And also, to be honest, I feel like a dude who went on a dating show... And didn't have a whole lot of luck with anyone, but was kind of like, I'm just going to like meet people and see if anyone clicks. And for a long time, no one clicked. Rachel yeah. only had eyes for Richie. Zoe came in late and was kind of trying to make up for lost time by like gazing around. After and then, first choosing Connor. Yeah. And then Nathan like kind of seemed to only have eyes for Tennille, waited and waited 
took Shannon on a date just to not upset Ivan and like finally got with Tennille and then it clearly didn't work out. And so then if you run into someone who saw all of that happen, I feel like a pretty understandable kind of like defense mechanism would be like, well, whatever, I didn't care anyway. Sure. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, I mean, it's immature, but it's also like, I'd probably do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and he's twenty three. Like, hey, remember when we were like trying to find love, and you had several opportunities with really hot women, and it didn't work out with any of them? I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, it's absolutely right. And we should throw. I, should, I just said he's twenty three years old. He's the youngest member of the cast, but somehow he comes off as one of the more mature and considerate ones Mm. and whether or not his intention was to go into this and triple his instagram following i don't fucking care because he didn't do any real real terrible shit yeah Yeah. i don't think he does strike me as one of the ones who is like the most engaged with what he's doing and what the consequences are yeah and like treating this like a serious thing that yeah you know it's not even it's not even like a oh he compared to someone like Ivan, he looked really good in comparison. It's like, no, he looked really good in comparison to like Mac, who just seemed yeah. totally out of touch with everyone. And yeah, yeah, there wasn't a time in this season, I don't think, where Nathan was shown to be, uh, I'll say the word dumb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there yeah. wasn't a time when Nathan wasn't in on the drama where he wasn't someone who was in the know about what was happening and why and not someone who was in control, or they at least didn't edit it that way. And I thought that that ended up meaning that things went pretty positively for Nathan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That leaves us with uh, one couple left to discuss. (laughs) He is the man who... Xavier has been playing this cruel trick on me the entire time we've been recording this (laughs) podcast. He's got a giant picture of Mac's face... He's blown it up on his computer screen, and every so often, he flashes to it. (laughs) Just as a reminder, he is still here. (laughs) He is still here, and he is dating Zoe. He starts out this week by saying, love is what I have to offer Zoe. Mm. He sets up a treasure hunt for her, and after being so intrigued about who could be behind all of this... Zoe is incredibly underwhelmed. She's like, oh. Yeah, to find this man at the end of the double rainbow. But, like, to her credit, she doesn't really let on. No. Like, she is so diplomatic about it. She's great. And, and, like, he didn't do anything wrong. No. Like, you know. No, he he did a very thoughtful gesture. Yeah. But it's kind of like it's kind of like getting a secret admirer note from someone you've never met. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know how to feel about this because I don't know you and you've projected something upon me. Right, right exactly. And that's the thing with Mac that we've seen t- time and time again is the projection. And yeah. that's kind of what makes... Uh, or I guess what makes him a bit of a punchline on this podcast mm. and... Uh, has made him someone who it, like mm. it's easy to make fun of because this is what we have seen him continue to do. We On that also, note, I guess be aware of the fact that this is a constructed narrative. Yeah, like I think that he is being selectively edited to underline this certainly attribute, which may be present. Um, but yeah, 
This is what I we've also been given. kind of think Zoe and Mac were actively constructing their narratives as it, like the fact that he went and created a date because no one ever takes Mac on a date, and yeah. like yeah. that she went up to him and was like, "Let's just fucking pash and get it over with." Yeah. Um, yeah, and see if there's anything there, and then they had that kind of awkward, but like, okay, like big makeout session, and then he was like, "That was amazing," and she was like, eh, <laughs> "I didn't feel anything." <laughs> it's so funny, and like the way that it's all put together is, it's peak dramatic irony for this show, where mm. these two people, even though they're together, are complete ships in the night. He Mac opens. The, his opening line on their first date is, I think there's the possibility of compatibility between you and I. Oh, Mac. Which, if this if these are the lyrics to your love song, Mac, I'm glad that all we heard was me, 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 me. And <laughs> I you. think it's a rap. It is a rap. Possibility of compatibility. <laughs> <laughs> he then notes that Zoe has the world at her oyster. <laughs> wow. It is... My favorite line in Paradise this yeah. year. Yeah. What's um, it doing there? Uh, like, <laughs> even better than condoms stuffed full of peanuts. Ooh, <laughs> that one's hard to beat for me. It, they're both very, very good. Um, Zoe is very, very diplomatic about all of this. Max says, thank you for coming on a date with me. And she says, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> <laughs> but at the cocktail party, she reveals that she appreciates everything Mac had done but that she isn't interested. It's genuine and sincere, and Mac rebuffs that by monotoning, no pressure, but you are the girl for me here. You're a beautiful woman. You're an amazing woman. This is why I have an easier time. I know, I know the pressure, but like... I have. This is why I have an easier time making fun of Mac on this show. Like, Mm. none of this suggests that through his three stints in Paradise, or in this franchise, he has learned anything about listening Mm. you know about anything other than seeing past his own intentions Mm. three seasons no date cards maybe there's a reason yeah i also want to raise zoe later complains that mac is uh always horizontal and mac is shown to be reading the stephen hawking book brief answers to life's big questions oh my god God, the horizontal yeah that book uh, covers such topics as the Big Bang Theory and <laughs> galaxy formation. Okay. Bazinga! Bazinga! <laughs> but weirdly, it does not cover topics such as, why does the name McCain never appear on a date card? <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, really quickly flipping through it, looking for an index at the end that covers that topic. <laughs> like Zoe, 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 Zoe. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, this is the only book I brought. But then... This blind squirrel finds his nut. Zoe... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But then this blind squirrel finds a nut. (laughs) Zoe comes on to Mac saying it's a once once in a lifetime kind of deal. This is a revolution. This is... Okay, this is the... Let me set the scene. This is the beginning of the episode. Okay. We're sitting down for dinner. MasterChef's running a little bit long. <laughs> we're just like, you know, we're getting ready to see uh, the resolution of some turmoil that's clearly been hanging over from the previous episode. And what we get instead is probably the reddest herring. <laughs> we get Zoe just deciding out of nowhere that she would like to mac on with Mac. Right. It's so loud 
Oh, well, yeah. Okay, so so first of all, you get, like, the funkiest soft porn bass guitar line <laughs> you've ever fucking heard playing at top volume. So you're like, oh, I guess they're trying to drown out this kiss. But then as it proceeds, it's, like, the wettest, sloppiest kiss I have ever seen or do heard. Have, do you have a special sound effect for this one, Xavier? Uh, I don't have one prepared, but <laughs> 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 Um, this kiss is happening right at the time as my girlfriend was falling asleep in bed last night (laughs) and she was like, like half awake, half asleep. And in this beautiful state where she heard the noise and was like, what's that? And I was like, Mac and Zoe are kissing. And she was still conscious enough to be like, no, they're not. (laughs) That's not kissing noise. Also, they would never kiss. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. so good. That's oh, really that's so good. like that scene, which got clipped out and shared on the Bachelor in Paradise Australia Twitter. Mm. Like, if you're going to watch 45 seconds of this show, <laughs> if you skip the rest of it, like, that is the most bizarre moment. You absolutely have to see it. Yes. It's but so also, good. like, do not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to see it, but don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe um. keep the sound off. That might help, but you're robbing yourself of the richness of the experience. Mm. Uh, so there's nothing there. Mac is over the moon about it, but Zoe's like, nah. We, we tried. In good. confessional, Mac's like, yeah, I think there might be something there. I'm going to go for another one. <laughs> oh, God, Mac. Uh, yeah. Eventually, they have the chat, uh, and Max says that he's leaving with his head held high. However, he doesn't show up to the tell-all. Hmm. Do we know where McCain is now? I did not check. <laughs> I did not check. And that says everything that it needs to. Hmm. Mac is just not made for TV. He's you know? not. Yeah. I was surprised that he was asked back, and I don't think that we'll see him ever again. I hope not. Hmm. Uh, that leaves us with just a few tell-all updates to go. We're done with all of the couples this season. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank fucking good riddance. Um, do you want to just run through these real quick one by one? Sure. Sure. Let's start with Patty. Um, who says that he saw his behavior on the TV. He says he was ashamed and now I can work on it and change. So did he not watch the previous (laughs) or... Was that he was busy when that I was on? I think that or? it was kind of like it was reinforced to him in his previous season because there was so much shit with Charlie and Bill that, like, maybe we just like you doing this character, Patty. Mm. Uh, it's nice that he said what he said. He is one of the uh, people from Australian Bachelor in Paradise that is currently actively being pursued by the producers of the American Bachelor in Paradise oh. to appear alongside Alex Nation is another big one. Great. I think oh. they want to... I mean, she would be great for it. Yeah. Um, but I think that they think because Paddy is funny, <laughs> he would be a great fit. Paddy uh, is so such a bad representative of our country. Yeah. Truly. Also, like, not to be, not to be like, shallow, but he's not hot enough. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's a type, isn't it? I guess. It really is. I guess so. Um... Vanessa Sunshine, she uh, is on the show again. She is at a light. She opens up about some past trauma with her dad. She says everyone in paradise sucked and she's still single because she's not willing to compromise. What a hero. Yeah. Love her. She's amazing. Osha is amazing in this uh, little interview section. He calls her a strong and powerful woman. 
and she is that. And I wish this show afforded her some more opportunities by casting some better men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, mm. I mean, I my the ball is so in her court. Like she fucking rules. Yep. Um, she did wonderfully, and I'm really glad that they handled this with sensitivity on the tell-all. Mm. You know, providing a, a safer you know sort of space for her to open up about this, and she felt comfortable enough to do that. Um, I think it was really important. I think it was really nice. Yeah. Uh, Rachel says that she was unhappy with Paradise because nobody was coupling up, which is a really interesting way to raise a criticism of the show, to do it live on the finale. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But to be fair, I do think that what Rachel was looking for and what was on offer this year were perhaps at odds, you know? And she was looking for someone to be in a relationship with. Uh, she tried that with Richie, who didn't want to be in a relationship with anyone. She tried it with Nathan, who didn't end up being in a relationship with anyone. And she and also, to be fair, decided he was too young for her. True. Mm. And then, yeah. which he reminded her of, which I really liked. Why yeah. am I pro Nathan all of a sudden? I anyway? don't know. I am too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, that was kind of it for Rachel. I don't know if we'll ever see her again, but she has. Um, She's become one of those great staples of this show who has really, really morphed into like a killer confessional giver and a great source of drama. She's yeah. a real she's a real asset to the show. I think she's also one of the ones that's being pursued for US batching in Paris. Great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of assets to the show, Flo says she's never coming back. Okay. Sad. Sad. Yeah. Uh, Brooke is proud of her kiss with Alex. She makes a really strong statement about discrimination and shame when it comes to acceptance of her sexuality and then there's her new partner oh brody now's your time okay so i saw brooke before i'd even watched the finale i saw brooke's post on instagram that she had found love outside of um bachelor and i saw it and i was like oh you know i judged because i was like Brooke, you you could have anyone you want, and this is like super beefy, like personal trainer type guy or something. I was just I was being a bit of a bitch about it, mm. and then she said that on the um, tell all, and it cut to him in the audience wiping away <laughs> tears because he chucking was, her a shaka. <laughs> he was so proud. It was amazing. Oh, it was so good. He oh does God. it's. It's the most proud boyfriend moment that I've ever seen on this show where, as you say, he's wiping away the tears and he reaches out, he realises the camera's on him and all he can do is just chuck up a shaka and it's really good. Oh, perfect. He's perfect. He's great. I he love everything He didn't say a single word and he's my dream guy for Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which leaves us with Brittany. Uh, aside oh. from... Talking all the way through the stuff uh, with Ivan, which was not helpful. <gasps> Brittany was still pretty fun. She says she wants to date a tree still, uh, and she's working her way up to a date. Okay. All right. Uh, I can't help but get the feeling, Brody, that you might be a bit bored with Brittany. I just find Brittany's, like, I, I'm not sure. I think the joke is at Brittany's expense. Yeah. And I yeah. think she's making them... And I'm just a bit like, I'm just a bit, I don't, I don't want to laugh at it because it seems cruel. Yeah. But I also know that all she wants is to get a laugh. Yeah. 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 I, that's, 
it's a exactly one. it, and that's the dichotomy. And there are times when I have really been like, "No, nah, Britney's a real person." Like throughout this season, and I like her the most when she's not playing up to the thing where she's like, "No, yeah. now I'm gonna hook up with this tree." You know, like I yeah. love it so much more when she's expressing genuine emotion and her standing up for herself to Ivan at the end of their relationship, if you can call it that, was fucking awesome. Yeah. She yeah. could literally come back. We know so little about her as a person. Yes. That she could literally come back next season with like a slightly different haircut and just be like, hey, I'm Brittany. I'm really interested in getting to know you. Here's what I'm all about. And yeah. I'd be like, where did they find this girl? Who was this nice yeah. woman? Yeah. Like, they could give her a pretty solid Bachelorette edit if they wanted to. Totally. You know, they could be like, hey, well, you know, in the intro package, they could be like, well, you know, I was on the show before, but I think I was maybe using humor as a bit of a defense mechanism or mm. something like that. But, like, I want to earnestly, like, give this a really good shot. Um, yeah. Then when I saw Nathan at the finale, I was inspired to dye my hair black, and here we are. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right, so let's just do, to wrap up, uh, quick little odds of people appearing again. Who's the favorite to come back to paradise? I think, I mean, I was a, I was about to say um, Cass, but she's coupled up, and I don't want to curse that um, new relationship. Thank you. I think Nathan's a possibility to come back. That's my pick. I think Nathan is the strongest chance out of everyone to be back in paradise next year assuming he doesn't find a new relationship. Mm. Uh, I just think that he had a really, really solid arc, but there was also some criticism. So it might present another opportunity for him to come back a little bit older, a little bit more rigged out, and have another go. Oh my God, you know what I just realized? Yeah. When he comes back on friends and family time, he'll bring Cass as his friend to give him advice. Oh, that would be amazing. Two for the price of one. Producers, you got to do it. I predict Patty will be back. Oh. I think he is so immune to criticism. Yeah. And I think, so, you know, like, the the network clearly doesn't matter that he's a uh, grub. Um, I'm sorry, they don't mind. Um, so either he will think about himself and work on it and come back a slightly improved version, or he will come back and do the same shit, and I think the producers will lap it up either way. Yeah. It's yeah, it's the same uh, shtick that he has to offer. Um, but Similarly, Canadian Daniel, <laughs> I would not be surprised. But yeah. I, I think I was saying last week that I feel like Patty might be being uh, groomed as a bit of a stand-in for Canadian Daniel. I reckon to come in and mess shit up and you know be a naughty boy. Mm. So I'll also say that I think we'll see Shannon again. They're the two that I feel yeah. like the strongest about yeah. Nathan and Shannon. Yeah, I was gonna say to Neil, but I think her experience was just too bad oh she's so still. harrowing between the honey badger and Ivan, she's had a rough Oof. go yeah and then everything that she says has happened with nathan as well yeah Ugh, i don't know if that's the sort of thing where i would willingly put myself in that situation again if i'd given it a second chance and it had played out arguably worse the second time mm. yeah. yeah um what i'm hoping for for next paradise is a bunch of new cool good dudes because there are an abundance of women who are sick on this program who are really really cool uh and we've been they've not been offered the opportunity to partner up with much more than a condom stuffed full of peanuts Mm. (laughs) i yeah i hope that over the next couple of seasons like bachelor and bachelorette 
we're introduced to some really strong characters who will play to what we're looking for from from Paradise. Yeah. Um, I hope that Angie as Bachelorette will have a good crop of dudes. Yeah. Because looking back on the history of the dudes in this show, I'm like, who are they missing? Like, who have they not picked yeah. to put, you know, like... As much as they have a problem with casting men on this season of Bachelor in Paradise, they also have a very big problem casting men generally over the course of the show. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's more what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best of a bad bunch. Mm. Mm. Uh, Thank God I will just say that we've gotten to the end of this season of Paradise and my worst fear didn't happen. Charlie was not in Paradise. Yeah. He was not there. It's good. It was a good choice. Thank you. (laughs) Now you've jinxed it. (laughs) All right, uh, does that do it? I think that's enough. I think that's us for another season of Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, Brody, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my God, thank you. I'm so glad I got to um, expend all of these feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been really bottled up from watching like, all I of really was, and I also really enjoyed the last Bachelor in Paradise season of the show and also the podcast. And it just comes and goes too quickly. Yeah, I know. tell me about it. <laughs> well, thank you again for being here. Um, I also want to say uh, Kelly is doing better. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> we said she was sick before and then left that hanging. <laughs> so if anyone, if this is anyone's only source of Kelly news. <laughs> My okay. best friend went and saw her big rock show in New York. Oh, oh beautiful. Cool. Yeah, cute. Um, you know what else is cute? Let's do it. Our you say it. Social media presence. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is a place that we went to make friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did come here to make friends, in fact. You can find us all over the internet at BOHpod. If you want to follow us, uh, if you want to engage with us uh, via iTunes or whatever your podcaster is, we'd love you to give the show a rating and a review. If you're in any of the like cool batchy forums or whatever, we always love people shouting out and... Uh, Saying yeah, hello, getting some, in touch. We've had some really nice feedback in the last couple of weeks. Some super nice feedback from like very unexpected places. Yeah. Um. So thank you all for listening along and watching along and going through this ordeal with <laughs> us yet again. Um. And of course we'll be back. Um. When Bachelor starts. Yeah. In one Master Chef's time. I imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Uh. Until then. Uh. Stop cooking. Wait. No. Wait. wait. What? What do they start? Uh, say at the start. Start your en- cooking engines. You have one hour left. I'm taking the cloche off the... Um, the cloche? Do you want to hear my... <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> you want to hear my Matt Preston impression? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's like... Mm, needs more salt, Mr. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> remember that iconic... Remember that iconic cliffhanger on MasterChef oh. years ago where it was like... This is disgusting. And then it cut to commercial. Cuts to an ad break. Back and Matt Preston goes, disgustingly delicious. Like <laughs> 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 the on the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, That's well, a pretty good way to describe <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise as well. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that'll do it for this uh, season of MasterChef of Hearts. We'll be back uh, real soon with some new Master Chefs. Mm, with freshly cooked uh, bachelors. Yep. And uh, we should just stop. All right. Well, we <laughs> love you. Again, Thank Brody. you so much for everybody. Thank you, Brody. Thank you. We love you. Bye bye. Running out of time. Make the most of